water sprite. Hello and welcome to the Saladcast on Sunday the 8th of September 2019. I'm your host Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. Yeah. And Robert Kemp. Full of beans. I'm pretty sure you specifically said before this podcast started that you were not full of beans. Yep, that was sarcasm. <laughs> I am Did... indulging in risky carabao in order to... <laughs> Hella out-of-date energy drink. It's always good. <laughs> I mean, if you want to be full of beans, I don't think energy drink is the right way. Maybe beans? You know, it depends. It could be like used. With... Depends what the energy drink's made of. Yeah, <laughs> they could be sourced from beans. Yeah, some but... kind of bean-based bean based. chemicals. Maybe like taurine is like some hyper concentrated from bean essence. <laughs> <laughs> what is taurine anyway? Is it a thing? It's surely because caffeine is definitely a you know chemical yeah. drug. Is taurine also? Presumably, it, yeah. I guess mm. it's the same thing. That just someone drew some horns on it. I'm sure, that's not how that works. Well, this is. <laughs> I mean, it could have a chemical like layout that just happens to have pointy upwards bits. Yeah, and someone's like, "Oh, it looks like horns," yeah, and then like, they called it that. <laughs> like, like a like a loop that's not closed. Yeah. It just sounds like a marketing thing, doesn't it? But it must be that, um, you know, Red Bull is called that after the chemical rather than. Yeah. Right. I don't know about that even, though, because, like, original Red Bull is, like, quite old. Like, maybe old enough that it wouldn't have been based on a chemical name. No, taurine wouldn't have been known. Or not specifically called that. Hmm. It could even be the other way around. Like, the Red Bull branding could have got a hold of the chemical enough that they chose that name. Oh, I see, though, because early Red Bull didn't name it, that they then... Just flood. Uh, you know what? Let's for our ingredients list. Well, not look, necessarily just the ingredients. They could have actually done it in an almost legitimate scientific context. Because I mean, there's lots of bullshit in science that's named after random things just because people felt like it. Yeah, right. sure. <laughs> so it's not totally out of the question that an energy drink could have been like the main chemical in this doesn't really have a cool name or it has like a you know an actual chemical name. But we want to put a like nice simple name on our can, so let's just name it after our thing. Sure. <laughs> well. Looking it up, it looks like taurine yeah, is mostly pretty... found in bile, and they first Ugh. found it in ox bile. Yep, there you go. Right, hence taurine. So, and okay, then great. they must have named the drink after after that. So, so basically, I'm drinking slurm. It's mostly bile. <laughs> That's pretty much every drink you're just drinking slurm. <laughs> you might as well say that. Pretty much any non completely natural drink, even just fucking tap water, you might as well. We'll be drinking slow. <laughs> Positive outlook. <laughs> That's just modern civilization for you. Filtered by slug birds. <laughs> also, I'm pretty sure the part of the plot of uh, Devil May Cry, DMC Devil May Cry. Well, I mean, that whole thing, like, they they have the whole media thing, don't they? So, like, yeah, yeah. it makes sense that you'd have the... Mind-controlled drinks. Yeah, you'd have the accompanying companies doing shady things. How's that for an early video game segue? What was the yeah, plot that, in that that's game? That's not what we do. <laughs> we start with random bullshit. Uh, well, I mean, it probably is random bullshit, so it's quite a good combo. Uh... I can't remember the like. Well, it was just like demons were taking over the like modern 
like, like kind of consumerist pieces. culture. Yeah, like the modern world is pretty much already demon controlled. Was is the idea, and Dante starts the game not really caring and just being like hunting, like not really actively hunting demons, just having a good time. And the demons come after him occasionally, um, but then gets. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for here? In fact, it's sort of conscripted, I guess, by uh, a girl called Cat into helping her out with a few things because things are getting worse. But then it turns out she is being led by Dante's brother. Ah. Um, to basically stop Mundus from controlling things. That's pretty much the entire plot. <laughs> so he ends up accidentally working for the good guys. Kind of. kind of, yeah. That's kind of it. And it's also a bit of a revenge plot, you know, in it because of, you know, daddy issues. Or actually, in this case, kind of full family issues, <laughs> I suppose. Mum and daddy were probably killed by demons at some point or by Mundus. And so, you know, a little bit of revenge. Just a little bit. Demons bad, okay. Well, most of them. <laughs> yep, it's definitely worth... Question mark, question mark, question mark. Taking them on in general. <laughs> They're Nephilim, don't you know? Don't you know? Oh, man. That's pretty much it, but it's quality. It's, it's obviously, like, told... Well. That's the thing with most, like, things. If you, like, reduce the plot down to a couple of bullet points, it's just like, okay, great, that, that's, that sounds not interesting at all. And it's like, no, it's about how it's told. It's the journey and the terrible jokes. Mm. And the boss fight inside Fox News. Yeah, well, sort of, <laughs> yes. Inside a Fox News graphic. <laughs> That's more accurate. It's still not completely true. Right, what random bullshit is going on this week? Um, <laughs> a lot of stuff. If you could like, take, take in the situation in the whole world at the moment, quite yep. a lot of random bullshit is going yeah, on at the moment. Quite a not lot. anything that we need to talk about, but there uh, is a lot going on. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, you know, I hate it's to say been it, tough when when Jacob Rees-Mogg was found, like, slouching in the House of Commons and someone told him it was sit-up, man, it's like, I'm pretty sure that'd be me. Like, <laughs> You'd like, be I, I'd you be would have been like that would, immediately, yeah, not like yeah, yeah, after not, all this shit no, 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 I'd, and That'd just be me every day. <laughs> yes. like, I, like, not the me being Jacob Rees-Mogg bit, but just, you know, permanent perma-slouch. Yeah. I mean, you look at those benches, I mean, they're crying out for a slouch, aren't they? Yeah. I'm surprised, yeah. surprised no one's done it before. Well, because it's, you know... Not proper. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, exactly. And he was doing it deliberately at the, like you know, proper at a key moment. <laughs> yes, I mean, yeah, it's like it wasn't like a lazy Sunday in the House of Commons. <laughs> he was doing it deliberately, but it's just like, in even in that context, it's still not proper because, like, you're only allowed to be like rowdy or whatever to certain specific limits, even in the context of the whole House of Commons thing. Yeah, <laughs> so. so like it was a good idea, but it's like that's it doesn't actually fit the context. He actually didn't look that comfortable. No, I mean, well, he was right <laughs> up against the end of the. Because yeah. I mean, I mean, I, 
randomly in this video there's a i was watching about basketball for some reason there's a there's a classic image of some of a basketball player laying across their whole bench and it's like a line of folding chairs or whatever like they have on the side of basketball courts and he's laying across like five of them right and it's like that looks more comfy than the house of commons bench did <laughs> well they're like padded folding chairs yeah i mean they have they're like towels like and shit on them as well yeah and like just he's plastic. made himself like a bed okay, okay. <laughs> but even that looks more comfy than that house of commons bench right up against the wooden bit at the end where is the rest of his team uh they their team had been severely depleted by injuries so he oh, was right. like the only person on the bench <laughs> <laughs> that's quite funny they don't put the managers or stuff down there as well. I think or... the managers were standing up and doing manager things, oh, okay. as they tend yeah. to. Getting Gatorade poured on them. <laughs> no, I let you win. <laughs> and that doesn't happen in basketball either, I don't think. No, I imagine that'd be a nightmare clean off <laughs> yeah, the court. That would be real bad. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it? Does it, is it like this has got the squeaky courts and then you've got the <laughs> sticky courts? <laughs> Super sticky. It'd be quite fun to watch like a, a basketball game sport. that was played on a... Well, again, that's what we were talking yeah, about yeah. with the Eaton thing last week. You have, you have the super sticky basketball yeah, court. Yeah. Totally changes the game. It's our home ground. Because, yeah, the, the ball bounce would be, like, terrible. Yeah. Right? It's like low bounce. <laughs> Dribbling would be always impossible, so it'd be a <laughs> passing game. Yeah. Yeah. Turn it into netball. <laughs> I still think that idea has, like... Just, like, local court advantages. Yeah, it's funny... There ought to be some sports where the courts vary. They all seem to have standardised, mostly I mean, standardised. Yeah, cricket. How I much guess, does yeah, it really some, vary some in cricket? It's well, like so, quite a lot because they're so big. Like, like Lord slopes, doesn't it? Yeah, on, on some of them slope. slope. Some of them have like one boundary is a lot closer than the other one, just yeah. because right. like where the stands are or whatever. And there's a I couple guess. of places like that in baseball as well. A couple of the stadiums have weird bits that oh, we encroach into the pitch. Oh, I thought I thought baseball was pretty standardised as well. There's one which has like right at the back of the outfield. There's just like a slope up against the wall, oh, and that's that is still part of the actual field. Huh. is that like it's always been there? So they keep yeah. the tradition. And so they could run up and like make it slightly easier to catch homers, or like. harder because you're like you're running, you're looking backwards over your shoulder at the ball, and then suddenly you hit a hit. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> huh. And there's other like the classic example would be the that um, I forget which stadium it is, but there's the one where the the back wall where the home run go, the back wall is all ivy. Right, so like yeah. balls keep getting stuck in it and like oh, there's special rules about if the ball goes in and doesn't come out or whatever. <laughs> it counts as grounded, I assume, if it gets stuck. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's like there are subtle differences in like NFL um not but not in terms of like measurements or things like that or weird things in the way but like in terms of what the actual ground is made of right yeah they yeah. have like the sometimes of... artificial well no i don't well, think they pretty have much, pretty much all of them are astroturf in I, don't know really. I didn't know actual that. astroturf any longer though i think they've uh, moved away from that again i thought oh i thought it was all like astroturf because it has a little bit more bounce so players could do ridiculous moves more easily <laughs> maybe or maybe that was certain grounds that yeah preferred that because of that yeah, no, last I think it was a good few years ago that I read that, but I thought nearly all the major league or whatever, you know, top tier NFL stadiums were almost all AstroTurf now. Has I mean, AstroTurf changed since 
you know probably since yeah. we were at school there's a lot of variants of it now so it's not like the super i think i'm sure we've talked about this on the cast before but yeah it's not the super harsh like sand sand and plastic <laughs> yeah, that's just gonna that dig into you whenever you like even if you just sat on it or something you know, a bit of plastic could be sticking out your ass you know it's it's a it was atrocious stuff but the, the old astroturf but yeah it's a i think it's a lot softer now it's more like you know when you go to like a diy store and there's a random patch of fake grass <laughs> like it's like that but you can actually buy that you know next door has that stuff in their garden now it's just like a whole whole they don't have real grass they just have this fake soft astroturf right stuff. and then they don't have to maintain it nope well it's quite good if you have pets is it though supposedly i mean i bet if a dog pooped on astroturf it'd be a nightmare uh, rinse it off <laughs> you could kind yeah, you of could hose it off i probably i think that's what they do periodically but then is that more that's probably more effort than just having grass actually yeah yeah <laughs> If you have, if technically, if you have grass, the poop just goes away eventually. Mm. <laughs> eventually, but not if you want to leave it like that. We don't just leave it. No, exactly. Yeah. But you could theoretically. On well, astroturf, probably not going to work nearly as well. No, I'm not going to biodegrade through it. Like the cat's going to have a hard time digging a hole. Yeah, to poop in. But hopefully, they do that in the flower beds anyway. Yeah, not, not in the actual grass. No, nin- nin- ninjas will do that in the flower beds. <laughs> Not the YouTuber, my cat. Mm. Ninja just pops around every now and then. It just goes, just go, just go for a dump. <laughs> Under your weeping willow. It's like, all right, mate. Speaking of Rob's garden. Yeah, what about yeah. my garden? I was looking at Rob's garden while I was bringing a tea. Yeah. As I, as I do. And here's my random thought for this random section. Get this convenient. Yeah. I was looking at Rob's garden and he has a bunch of sunflowers growing in his garden. Yeah. And I was like, okay, sunflowers, those, those are kind of cool. <laughs> They're a cool plant, I guess. Yeah, what's not that to like about sunflowers? sunflowers As plants right. go. But then I thought, not in the context of the garden, but for like farming sunflowers. Right. Why are sunflowers still really tall? Oh, what? Well, why haven't we like genetically, genetically bred that out yeah. and farmed sunflowers? Because there's no reason for them to be tall unless they're competing with other plants. But if it's a pure field of sunflowers, they don't all need to be tall, right? No, you, you just need like flower heads. <laughs> yeah, the flower heads the only bit that matters. That's, that's... Well, maybe that they the need to be tall enough. Is the head? Like... Well, because it's got all the seeds in it, and that's yeah. what they extract sunflower the oil, oil from, from, right? Well, maybe they need to be tall enough so they grow enough leaves on which to capture sunlight to yeah make... i guess the photosynthesis part does happen in the in the leaves or the stem mm. i suppose but then when you're farming them aren't they, wouldn't they be quite close together and so that effect would be sort of reduced anyway because of yeah. proximity and shade well and because normally the whole point of them being tall is to outcompete other plants but if they're all the same height their leaves are kind of overlapping anyway yeah <laughs> Well, they could all, the leaves might all grow at slightly different But I'm sure they yeah. wiggle around and it doesn't make that much difference. Yeah, they dance. I mean, yeah. do you know that the ones... Dance, know. Have you seen fields full of sunflowers being super tall? Maybe they do have uh, ones that... I mean, maybe they're shorter, shorter, but I don't think I've seen, like, you know, like, wheat-tall sunflowers or something. No, wheat's pretty tall. Right, I mean, yeah. Not that tall. Not sunflower tall. 
What are the fields made of when you're like in zombie films? Corn, usually. Is it corn? Yeah, corn. That's pretty fucking tall as well for no apparent reason. Yeah, it's massively tall. Even less reason than the sunflowers, maybe. The corn part is small. And I think the corn doesn't necessarily even grow right at the top of corn, does it? It grows like out the sides, relatively uh, near yeah. the top. But maybe tall corn, you get more corn heads. Yeah, I guess. You get more cobs. Ears. Ears. Yeah, that's right. It just seems like for, for sunflowers, you kind of just want them to... I mean, not that you need to go like full genetic engineering, but what you actually want is basically like a cauliflower, but just with sunflower seeds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you don't actually want the yellow uh, petal part at all. I'm sure it's no, or even most of the stem, just it, like enough leaves to photosynthesis and then just a big ball of <laughs> sunflower seeds. Is it more than if you're farming in a field, height isn't really a concern? Mm, maybe. Well, sure. I mean, there's no necessarily a reason to breed it out, except for if you're imagining that, like, it's wasting a bunch of energy growing all this extra stalk. Oh, I see what you mean. Right. <laughs> like, and that could have been used into making more seeds. Yeah. But, or but... drawing less nutrients out of the soil or whatever. But the head comes quite late in the growth process. Well, sure. But if it had a short stem, maybe it would just start. <laughs> most of our sunflowers, I think, have, like, missed summer. Sure. But they don't really flower until autumn, usually. Like most plants, really, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they should flower in spring, shouldn't they? Pollination season. But then they wouldn't. No, but that's not. That's why flowers exist. There's a difference between flowers and fruit. Okay. Like the, some flowers, the bit that, that, that we have now is the fruit, technically, I all the seeds. Because, yeah, the seeds don't need pollinating. <laughs> That's not how that works. You've already had... sunflowers pollinate? Well, they have those bits where, earlier on where the seeds are like, not fully formed and they have all those bristly bits that uh, fall so off. They still, still do have a bit, then. Yeah. It's just in autumn. Have you even looked at the sunflowers in your garden? <laughs> they, tend to, they tend to have just gone come out by the time I take a proper look at them. They're just, like, green and boring until, until they're actually, like, sunflowers, sunflowers. Until, you know, they can shoot laser beams out of their face. Yeah, exactly. That's not what the sunflowers do, though, is it? They do look like they could. They sort of do. Oh, wait, you're talking about the other game. I'm talking about Plants vs. Zombies, yeah. Not the original. No, the Garden Warfare sunflowers that, you know, sort of have a machine gun face. Yes. Of happiness. (laughs) That was our segue back to games. Good one. Yeah. (laughs) Success. Random section complete. We might have been doing this for a while or something. (laughs) Or, or alternatively, it might be like video games are the only reference we have in our lives. <laughs> this is also true. I'm increasingly finding myself, I think, a bit more, a bit. Hell, gamers are socially inept people. But I think, like, I'm increasingly finding myself in that category where it's just like, hey, did you see that thing? It's like, no, I was playing Gears. Or right. Something like that. And it's like, I, I do not understand this reference. And then a mate of mine will come up and just be like, Shepard. And I'm like, yeah, all right, I get you. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. These are my people. <laughs> yeah. What sort of thing are you missing references to then? I don't know. Because I didn't know. Like, I don't understand. It's like, I'm out of my brain. I don't care. Moving on. I'm desperately searching for something else to latch onto. I don't think people have large pools of things to reference. It's mostly freaking Love Island and Game of Thrones. <laughs> Well, it's always like the, an area yeah. that we like. Obviously, TV is one, 
and like I guess for you could say like literature, like not like we read books. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's all kinds of references there. But no one's get. doing well, that. That's the thing, I like, never hear like, that. Like I, when yeah, I but that's because you don't, you're not hanging around with those people. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. No, yeah, maybe. like no. no Naomi uh, will occasionally, and you know, she now, she now knows people who are, you know, thanks to orchestra and whatever, and a uh, friend of the show, Eddie's current escapades, now knows a few more arty types. Yeah. And they're, and they're just like, they're talking about things, and I've got, I've got no idea. Got yeah, no idea. art, but, that's another yeah, exactly. whole so, category of. But talking about art and things, and uh, there's a, there's a, there's a, it's like there's a layer of conversation going on that I'm not really following. So I'm just sat there sort of quietly being like, yeah. Okay. I, hmm. These feelings that you're having and are expressing uh, have hit my null layer. Well, <laughs> you need to you need to make the move and like and, and make an angle by just being like, did you know that they they exhibited dwarf fortress at the moment? Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Significance in ours. <laughs> hey, have you ever played Unfinished Swan? <laughs> <laughs> I think video games make for better conversation sometimes i don't mean better but like easier because people different people have different experiences with the same thing i guess that does happen with tv but generally if, and and books but really you're kind oh, sure. of having mostly the same experience as the yeah, other so people it's, read that it's like talking to, talking to eddie about spider-man is always a bit uh interesting with us because the two of us are completely like we kind of diverged wildly about what we like about spider-man he likes the amazing spider-man films right I do not. <laughs> oh, you mean Spider-Man in general? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's right. like, uh, like whereas I enjoyed the more, the more recent Spider-Man Marvel offerings, he's a little bit more eh, because it's like to him, it's like it's not really Spider-Man. <laughs> you know, it's not true to Spider-Man. So it's like like we diverge quite a bit on Spider-Man. So it's uh, except for the game, we came to come together on the game. <laughs> sure, everyone enjoys that game because it was good. Yeah, yeah. It's a mighty fine game, and it's still Spider-Man. Whichever whichever way you look at it, it's still Spider-Man game, like classic Spider-Man. You know what game isn't good? What game isn't news. good? <laughs> news. News. Segue directly to news. What game isn't good, or that people will tell you? I mean, I'm sure it's exactly normal, but the, the thing <laughs> it's normal. The thing that everyone's bitching about at the moment is NBA 2K20. Oh, I haven't heard the the. the I, I mean, these are normally quite. Entertaining because NBA get the NBA games are normally like rife with extreme microtransactions. Right? <laughs> Man, you really haven't seen this, have you? No, I haven't. <laughs> well, they post- I saw that it came out. Well, yes, that, and that was all I saw. As part of their advertising for it coming out, they posted a video which is basically just gambling. <laughs> Literally, um, wait, what? It's like have a look at our my team mode and all the new features we put in to allow you to unlock bullshit. Of course, because that's not the whole point. The mode is like. A pachinko machine and a wheel of fortune and a literal slot machine. <laughs> and it's oh, like, wow. wow, they're really being not subtle about this at all now, they're aren't they? Just leaning in. Do they? Is this just like a blatant, like, hey, why don't we just test this once and for all? Well, it's, that's kind of what it seems like to some people, where it's just like, if, if we're not going to get regulated, then fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just make a goddamn casino, like, wrapped in the disguise of an NBA game. Yeah, exactly. So all the YouTube comments are like, hey, you got some basketball in my gambling simulator. Wait, so what... <laughs> so what, what... I mean, what do you earn through that stuff? Is it like, literally it's, it's, like... Is it like how you earn player cards? Like some of them, yeah. Or... And, like, various other 
upgrade bullshit for all that ultimate team stuff that they do mm-hmm. or the 2k equivalent i guess because yeah, it's I've not got, ea I've got, I've got no idea how that works. <laughs> but yeah you've unlocked your home stadium it def- definitely is quite a lot of gambling yeah and you know People are like, "How is this rated E?" <laughs> I mean, gambling for like, like, and what's the? Is it like in-game currency or is it their buy-ins? Well, yeah, it, I mean, it's the standard microtransaction, several layers of currency, some of which you can buy, some of which right. you can only earn. Different tokens to do different slot machines or whatever. Oh, God, right. So it's like the, here's the low stakes machine and here's the high stakes. I don't know machine. if it quite does that, but yeah, because you put real money into it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. God. So yeah, that's... They, they should have put like a, some sort of competitive gambling in there and just be done with it and be like, here's a roulette table. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just just put that in as an online mode. Where yeah. it's like, oh, here you go. <laughs> just come in here and play blackjack for a minute. And maybe you win some cards. Here's four player mahjong. We've just changed all the tiles so they've got like basketballs. basketballs. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's quite bad. That's pretty bad. And people yeah. are definitely being like, how the hell did the you know, ESRB rate this as E? Like, I mean, you know, <laughs> we're having a current argument about whether gambling is gambling in video games. But like, that's like for, for E, I mean, come on, at least make it T or something. <laughs> e, yeah, how on earth is it E? Just how? Like, gambling shouldn't be allowed in the E category. So is it that all of the, you know, typical old basketball games have been e obviously yeah so they're just trying to carry on with that but they've added gambling so think again maybe no, but yes well, we esrb should rate that right? <laughs> they, they should well yeah they that. should they, yeah they should look at that because i mean there is a thing for like simulated gambling being a tag that, that those kind of rating boards will look for right adult theme type things it's like smoking or whatever oh sure <laughs> well, smoking is almost certainly going to put you in the m category well, I don't know. I've seen them getting away with that in TV. Okay, but yeah, it's just like oh, I suppose yeah, ESRB it'll be American. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> like but yeah, Grim Fandango like... has smoking in. Does that have to be a an M game? It's quite an old game well, that was before the ratings changed. Yeah, older right. ratings were a little bit harsher with some of that stuff because don't forget, like Quake was an eighteen and things like that, and it's quite hard to get an eighteen rating nowadays. Hmm. Or it maybe should be easier, apparently. Yeah. Well, because it's not like the was it UK games don't follow BBFC ratings like they used to. Mm-hmm. Like we've got Peggy, haven't we? Yeah. Do that. It's... Oh, is that true? Yeah, I don't think I don't think they follow the same. I don't think. I, don't think, oh, I, I can't remember the last time I saw a like a, BBFC a BBFC style, you know, age rating on a on a game. Yeah. There must be it's a just, massive it's repl- it's all, thing on. It's just on like. Well, they they just replace it all with the Peggy rating system, right? It's, it is basically a number. Yeah. But it's but it's not the same as it used to. You don't get the, has... you know the red eighteen in a circle kind of thing like you would on a film. Yeah. And now Rob is turning around to look at his game show, yeah, that's, that's... as he often does when he's thinking about <laughs> the games and their boxes. I'll tell you what, let me pick, pick Red Dead off the shelf and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, that'll show it. <laughs> the struggle is real. I've got to get round the mic. Okay, so Red Dead Redemption 2's box basically has a big red 18 Peggy label on it, uh, like, but not, but but not, not a BBFC one. And then it has the out- those little symbols that yeah. Peggy does. For Bad the language, violence, and gambling. See, gambling. 
Yeah, it's got a Peggy stamp for gambling. And smoking. Well, it doesn't have one specifically for that, but I suppose there's only enough space for three. Yeah, they yeah. do the, the most important ones, I guess. So there's that. And speaking of sports games that people are pissed off about, and this is a much this is not nearly as big a story as the NBA thing, because the NBA thing has been going around all the you know typical YouTube channels doing things about it. But a much smaller one I've been seeing was a really ridiculous thing that someone discovered in Madden Twenty. Uh, yeah, I guess it is twenty now because it's next year. Yeah, 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 it will be. <laughs> I was trying to remember, but in Madden Twenty. There's the the most clear example of the fact that these games are just completely low effort copy paste jobs that EA hashes out every year. By there's this video of someone in a replay, and you he pans the camera across, and he looks at like the bench where all the coaches are and everything. And behind the, them on the wall of the stadium or whatever, there's the banner which says Madden Twenty. It's in the game, or, or you know, standard yeah. fake branding EA stuff. But then you pan the camera up a bit, uh, like past the stadium, past the seats, up to the back of the stadium where there's like a back wall. And on that back wall, there's another banner. It says says, Madden 19. Yeah, it says Madden 19. It's like, wow, someone made such a rush job of that. They forgot to change the texture to the current year. That's clearly uh, someone didn't go through all the resources in the game and check, did they? I mean, it sort of makes sense, right? Like, if you're reusing stadiums, it's like, and you haven't updated your graphics tech. Okay, I can. I, I mean, that's going to happen in sports games, right? You're not going to remodel everything. Yeah, every but you would have thought, like, for the banners, it should have been baked into that model. It should have been like a. Well, be a separate texture resource, but. Yeah, but it should. It should be. It shouldn't be attached to that model. It should be like this is the space where the banner texture goes, and then you have a banner texture that then gets applied to all those spaces. I mean, that's how resources work. Yeah, yeah but, it, but it shouldn't. There's no way that that should have got two different banners then if it was just pointing oh, at the original banner file. Uh, well, it might be a lower quality version well, yeah, of that banner, yeah, because they don't have to. So it'll be two resources, effectively, or the same resource with a quality tag, but depending on how they've done their texture pipeline. But, but yeah, that's quite dumb. I'm just surprised that doesn't happen more often, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> or like an advert, like because they have real ads, don't they, in a lot of those games as well? Sometimes. Like on the ba- on the banners, and it's like like an ad that they no longer have an agreement for just slips in. But there's probably some lawyer legal team that go through the resources at some point to be like, "We've we got anything that's illegal? Mm, maybe. Have we got anything that's going to annoy China? You know, like a hundred percent of it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> literally everything. <laughs> so that's sports." <laughs> Sports, hey sports news, esports, except not. And I'm trying to remember what the uh, what. Uh, oh, yeah. Was, it, was there an NHL game this year? Mm. I haven't heard anything about one. Yeah, when do you ever hear about no, the NHL? Okay. The NHL is the quiet one. Occasionally, occasionally, I see. Like there used to be. Well, I think my normal news sources used to review the NHL games, but I haven't seen one of those for a while. <laughs> Whoever was Canadian on their staff quit. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one more bit of news before we get onto the main bulk of news, I guess. I think I've got a copy of NHL 19 through like, Plus or some or Games of Gold or something. One more bit of news, which is you know the the other bit of our news section, which is a recurring theme. News. It's time for what bullshit is Epic doing this week? Yay! <laughs> My favourite. This one is another like 
Well, okay. So first of all, I did want to mention just parallel to this story. We kept we, there's been a, that sort of background discussion about uh, whether Epic is like evil. Well, no, whether Epic is going to catch up to Steam because Valve basically isn't doing anything. Oh, right. I see what you mean. Like because they're, like, <laughs> they're not Valve aren't seen to be being competitive right now. Yeah. But then, like, I I realized that I hadn't, like, perceived it. But there has been, like, they've done their whole, like, Steam Labs beta theme just recently, and it's been updating, like, quite regularly with new features they're testing. Like, just today, well, just yesterday, there was another news post about their new, like, advanced search and stuff oh, okay. that they're going to eventually, presumably, run for a beta and then port into the actual main store. So it's like, like you don't really perceive it as much because I guess they don't make a big deal about it. They just post these like little news posts on the little megaphone well, icon on the top of Steam, and like those, who looks at that? Well, those sorts of things are okay. They're tricky because like like Epic, I guess, doesn't have enough that it doesn't need that comprehensive research system. Oh yeah, and it's like, and also the Epic Store is like the store itself in its feature set is so far behind Steam. Well, but then they, that's why they need to, they need to make a big deal about any feature that they're yeah getting. exactly like any, any, anything that, that that you know oh hey you can buy multiple things in a cart at a time <laughs> it's can't. like but you can't in epic store right now you know that'd be a thing right or hey we added all these currencies so people can actually buy our games and so this is that? this is where the, the actual story that i was coming to comes in which is you may remember that epic made a roadmap that said when certain features were going to be added to the store and, and then pe- people hella took the piss out of it because it was like the shopping cart was six months away. <laughs> yeah, right. And all that. So, obviously, Epic weren't pleased with that. So they were like... Well, it's, you don't knock shopping carts. Like, no, know, I'm not talking know, about the shopping cart. I was about to say, like, is, this, is, this is like the internet going a little bit. Yeah, they launch, yeah, this all launched early. But hey, e-commerce systems can be pretty tricky, especially international ones. Yeah, but like, if you... Get like well, I mean, I suppose they build it in house, really. But I mean, like mm. any default shopping website software will come with a shopping cart, right? Probably the cart at part, this point. Maybe, maybe not all the international tax concerns well, no. and all that stuff. But, but anyway, so they were quite pissed off about people taking the piss out of their roadmap, <laughs> and then they were like, "We're not happy with this roadmap, and it's not really serving its function of informing the." They made a whole bullshit post about it, naturally. That like, it's not serving the purpose that we originally intended it for. So what have they done? They've sort of kept the roadmap. They've just removed all the dates. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it's like, shopping cart is coming at some point. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Which is pretty ridiculous. Well, it's also probably more accurate to not put the dates on. <laughs> yeah, but like, the whole point of a roadmap is it's meant to sort of be a like angle of accountability where it's just like if you say you're working on this thing and you're you're telling us that like don't worry about how terrible the epic store is now it's going to get better and here's our roadmap of how it's going to get better but then you've changed that roadmap to just be like yeah it'll happen <laughs> that's agile <laughs> yeah but that's pretty ridiculous I mean, like, they could have just got rid of the whole thing and people would have still been pissed, but probably, I don't know if that would have looked better or worse. To be like, we can't maintain ourselves to the schedule of this roadmap, so we're just going to get rid of it, or we're going to keep showing you the roadmap, but there's no longer going to be any reference to dates yeah, and times. I don't know. Would it be better to be like, oh, here's a list of currently of current additions that we're committed to providing? So, like, hey, this is on our, we will absolutely do this. Yeah, and that's the only thing you publish, hmm. and then everything else is. Or maybe you have a. We know about these requests lists. Shut up. <laughs> we'll add them to the list when 
when, if and when we can get to them. Yeah, I don't know. Kind of thing. Just it's, sort of be a little upfront of be like, okay, these are the, this is the stuff we're going to do. This is the stuff we're considering. And I guess it's, and just leave it at that. I guess it's also kind of weird. Like the other, I guess the third option would have been to like maybe actually just say that you were going to change the dates and change the dates to be more realistic or whatever. Like, you get, if you admit that you're not going to hit those targets and just change them, that's still an option too. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. That just seems real weird. Where it's just like all these features that you want. Someday you'll get them. <laughs> sure. Probably, maybe. I mean, you know. It is a little surprising that Epic aren't just throwing, you know, we've just been a common complaint this year, you know, since the, since the store launched. It's like they're not just throwing resources at this. Yes, they're throwing the resources at buying up games, not making yeah. the store. Well, they're throwing their resources into Fortnite still. Well, sure. But Fortnite is what gives them the resources. Yeah. Steam was pretty bad for a long time, but it's so old now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, early Steam was... I remember being one of the one of the people that were just like, I don't understand why this is a thing, like why this exists for a long time. Trying to play Counter-Strike and it was only possible through this new thing. It yeah. Was... I don't think it bothered me that much. And through the whole Steam <laughs> LAN Cafe thing. And like... They had to have a special layer for LAN Cafes and things like that while they were mostly popular. Or you know, existed. I don't think it bothered me that much, and I can I can tell that because I don't really remember that whole era of Steam. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it, it must have happened, but I don't remember anything about it really, so it can't have bothered me at all. Basically, Steam got good when it they stopped get, when it stopped being green. Well, yeah, that was the moment, right? When it when it stopped being green, it's like okay, this thing's now ready <laughs> and makes sense. So that's the other newsers. Now we've got a big old news section to get through. Nintendo did a thing. Nintendo did do a thing. There's a couple well, other games. Technically, two things, I guess. Should we, get to, should we do the other game announcements first before we do Ninty? Oh, they, there's a couple of game announcements before. Well, well, Dan might be interested in Homeworld 3. Oh, yeah, I forgot that that happened that long ago. Homeworld sure, 3. what's the deal? <laughs> the deal is get Epic Store. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, really? And also Homeworld 3. Also, Fig is still a thing. Well, sure. But... Because Homeworld 3 is on Fig. Um, and it's being made by Gearbox, which is like... Well, they did, didn't they do the uh, remaster? They of... made the remakes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's not the confusing part. The confusing part is like, why did Gearbox need Fig for this? Well, why does any fucking... Why is Shenmue crowdfunded? <laughs> well, because Shenmue didn't actually have a development team of money behind it. Like, I guess they just do true. it because they can and they know it's not like the most commercial... It's just like I mean, another. I guess at least world. it's Fig and not Kickstarter. Yeah. <laughs> at least with Fig, it is like some actual investment, some yeah. actual law is happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit more. Wasn't Double Fine using Fig before? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I but think... Double Fine also fell into that category as well. They're not. They've double. Unlike Gearbox, Double Fine have never been a big publisher, right? They've only ever. That's true. They've always lived a little bit on the on the line. <laughs> Till now, <laughs> what happened? They got. Bought by Microsoft. Bought by Microsoft. Can't so get much no bigger longer, than that. Yeah, it's no longer a problem. I, mean, I would say it's arguable whether Gearbox is that big, technically. I oh, know Gearbox is huge. I don't know if they are, though. Like, I mean, sure, Borderlands yeah, I think 2. we argued this before, didn't we? I was confused by the size of Gearbox. 
Yeah, I think Gearbox is still big, but you're, the, yeah, it's been a while since they've had a hit, right? Because really, most of what Gearbox 2 is known for at this point is not even their own stuff, technically, really. Like, it's things that have been acquired and then given to Gearbox. Mm, I guess. I mean, Borderlands are still their biggest hitter, right? By a long shot. But... Yeah. Oh, I'm sure that, yeah, it's one of, I can't really remember. And how big is Borderlands, really? Oh, no, but they... Two was enormous. Yeah. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's been a long time since two. Um, I don't think the pre-sequel did as well, hmm. but it still did pretty well, sales-wise, from what I remember. Um, and the Handsome Collection, I think, has actually done numbers for them. Well, that's a collection, though. That's not yeah, not exactly a comparison. No, it's not. But, you know, bringing it to more recent kit has done well. It's been an upgrade for people on console. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Home World 3. Get excited. Maybe, except for Epic Store. Did they say anything about it or just announce it? I've not looked that far. There was <laughs> like fairness. a few ships flying through space and that's about all the announcement trailer you need for yeah. a Home World game, I guess. Is it on consoles or is it a PC game? I don't know if they're doing a console. I only saw the Epic Store news, you know. The, the part of it that pissed everyone off. <laughs> Did they do Homeworld 1 and 2 on console? In that re-release? I don't think so. No. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Whether they decide to refit it. To, or, you know, design it around potential console controls. Hmm. I think it sort Dream of line. maybe could be done. Yeah. Well, yeah, Halo Wars has shown us that it's possible. The streamline RTS well enough that it will work on console. Um, enough, just enough. Uh, what else we got? We got yeah, um, Yakuza Seven was announced because, of course, it was. Yep. But that's so. The, but that's not the interesting part of the announcement. The interesting part of the announcement is the complete turnaround on how that game handles combat. Like every other Yakuza game up to now has been like a brawler of sorts, a three D brawler. In Yakuza 7, they're going all RPG, and it's like it becomes a turn-based combat system. Which is a massive shift for the series. It's like, what, what series does that as part of their main numbered series of games? That's madness. So how is it going to work? But also like... kind of cool. <laughs> so we haven't seen a lot. Like They've not shown us a great deal. Like, they announced it at some convention um, uh, in, in Japan. So what we've really seen is like um, footage off of camera phones and things like that, and a couple of screen grabs. Um, but yeah, there's basically any any combat sequence instead of being like brawler, run around, punch, press square, punch dudes, kind of thing. It's now we'll pause and you pick an action, and and which player to and on who to attack and things like that. It's basically an RPG. Hmm. Are we 100% certain it's not some kind of weird joke reference that they're doing? Nope, not at all. <laughs> We're not so that might only be like 10 minutes of that game and there then is, they go back to usual. There is one, there's a quote from one of the guys at this convention or something where he was like, hey, we just wanted to do something really different. Like okay. take the series in a radically different direction, do something we're not, <laughs> we're not comfortable with effectively. Hmm. Um, 
or you know, you know go out of their comfort zone that's a better way of putting that um but yeah he said words to that effect so it's like it ma- he makes it sound legit yeah it does seem weird that's it's, yeah it's, it's wild i don't think it's a bad fit for the series well no but it's, it's... <laughs> i mean really rpgs can fit practically any series. yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> and that game was kind of already random battles anyway <laughs> You know. We well, certainly do the same move over and over. <laughs> yeah. Just hit attack. Press square till they die. We're occasionally pushing triangle to do something flashy. <laughs> All right, so it was a bit more than that, you know, with dodging mechanics and stuff like that. I'm not going to give it short shrift. I like the extra. Do you uh, like that element of it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I think I could could like this, provided it's not too grindy i mean that was one of that was yakas of kawami's biggest problem is that there were just too many random fights eventually it got right, to the yeah. point where it's like i quite like to turn these off um except for the part where it was kind of critical for getting the majima anime anywhere stuff that i need him to be involved in some of the fights every now and then all right okay. and stuff like that so it, it became a bit much and it's like if there was a if this becomes too grind like it, an rpg style fight system on top of this those fights might take longer and a bit of me is like, oh god, this is going to be twice as long a game to finish now because <laughs> I'm having to do everything RPG style rather than just punching dudes in the face real quick. Mm. That's my concern, but hopefully they'll balance that out. Uh, and also, there was another Plants vs. Zombies shooter game announced. Battle for Neighborville. They're doing another one of those. And it looks a lot like the last ones. <laughs> Naturally. Although they've got more of a sort of solo campaign-y element. They tried a bit of that with PvZ2. And the, there'll be a bit more more of that here. So um, is it still like the kiddie-friendly battlefield with the Frostbite engine and everything? <laughs> oh, it, I mean, it looks it looks like a more advanced version of what they've put out already. Cool. If you know oh, what I mean? Like, like the graphics look like, the, you know, the same sort of generational jumps that we've seen from every other... 3D game. It's like it's now we've got that style of rendering. Um, and you know, that first one was real good. Yep, you're a big fan of that. So I'm a uh... huge fan of that first one. Yeah. Could be could be interesting. Battle for Neighborville. They they've been showing off they've got a few more characters and stuff. Like a Snapdragon that's basically just a dragon. Full on dragon, yeah. Yeah, just fire breath. Why not? Cool. Uh, yeah, that's non-Nintendo game announcements done. So time for the big news. The big Nintendo. end. Nintendo! We had a direct. It was a full-on direct as well. <laughs> yeah, so let's try not to go through every single point. Okay, so I've got, I've got, I have got everything listed, but like we can, you know, a lot of this we don't have to um, linger on too much. Hey, Overwatch is coming to Switch. As was spoiled by that Amazon leak. Yep, totally accurate. <laughs> um, Luigi's Mansion Three is still coming. Is still coming. They showed off like some of the variety of what you can find in the hotel a little more. You know, like big the bigger rooms and like themed environments and stuff within the hotel. Which I don't know. It looks kind of interesting. A bit more variety in your in your mansion. Um, and also the party modes. Yes, it's, like it's getting a lot of multiplayer attention. Well, I mean, depends on like 
they showed like three different party mini game things but it's yeah. just like is that just going to be it <laughs> or is there actually like some kind of actual party mode i mean because like, eight player local local party games well yeah like some of them anyway but yeah we don't really know what the actual structure of the extra modes that are just the main game are basically sure yeah we don't even technically really know the structure of the co-op really okay yeah whether it's separate or jump in, jump out, or anything like that. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I think that upped my hype level slightly from like nothing to vague interest. You, if you'd only played the second one, you'd maybe I'd be a bit more hype. Well, yeah. you or you'd sort of more know where hype. it was going. Oh, okay, yeah. you might might actually be less hype. Okay. Or you would have at least seen what their modern ideas were about Reading <laughs> I guess. Modern. It's like that was one of the first games we covered on this podcast, wasn't it? I don't think it was that old. It was, it was pretty old. <laughs> well, we were we were talking about it at Cambridge anyway. It is a free DS game. Yeah. <laughs> it's not quite as old as this podcast. Uh Super Kirby Clash. I played it for a, a short period of time. Oh, right. Because yeah. someone wanted to play it. Right. Because it's um, it free to start, isn't yeah. it? I mean, it, it, you know, it it operates on the, what I'm now saying is the standard Nintendo free to start game model. Because it's basically the exact same structure as like Pokemon Quest and all those other ones. That they did. Even Pokemon Picross. It's quite similar with, you know, the standard energy meter but in the nintendo fashion where it's like this doesn't seem as bullshit as right. they sometimes do because you could grind <laughs> yeah you could theoretically just... maybe grind is it was it like free to start as in, in as in actually really free to play but you can actually go all the way yeah that's what i'm guessing looking at the way it's functioned. not free to start as in <laughs> you only get run. three levels and then you buy the main game yeah yeah it does just look like a that standard nintendo model now okay well it's something uh, but but like, it does, is, it, it, is it interesting? Because it kind of looked like, like haven't they done? Kirby they've done Clash that before, before? yeah. yeah. The, the basic, the, like the Kirby-based battle arena thing, yeah. fighting against bosses. So yeah, it is just basically that with like nothing surrounding it. You have like this town plaza area, which is basically a fancy menu, <laughs> and that's okay. it. And then you just go to the battles, and you have like the four different classes, and you equip buy equipment. And fear it. I haven't seen any indication as far as we got into it of how this is meant to work. There's like, there's some kind of rare equipment and like different equipment, but like all we can see at the start is just like the the shop menu where it's just like here's the sword at level one, here's level two, here's level three up to level ten, and it's just like that looks like all there is. But there's references in some places to like there's rare equipment and you get special shards and then you craft them into. So I'm like, I don't know how deep it actually is. You might find some purples. Yeah. I don't know how deep it actually is, but it is quite, you know, it is just, it is just like Kirby combat, which is not a very complicated place to start from. If you're going to extrapolate it to a whole game (laughs) and very weird and like quite easy to lose track of where the hell you are when there's just four Kirby's (laughs) and they're all just in a big pile. And because it's Kirby, the thing that just gets me is because, well, like, it's just something you'd get used to, I'm sure, but it's Kirby combat, which means you take damage if you're touching the enemy. Oh, right. <laughs> so, like, if you're the sword guy, you have to walk up very precisely, like, next to the enemy so you can slash him, but not actually touch him, so you start taking damage. I see. <laughs> and it's like, so I... You, you sort of walk through the boss. Yeah, you just sort of clip into things and then get hit. Yeah. 
like Kirby does. Okay, yeah. So it's like it's like kind of awkward to get used to that. Mm. But yeah, it is just a weird boss fight arena brawler thing with four players, theoretically. Is it good? I mean, like quite simple. Okay. And we don't. I don't really know where it goes. Right. Right. Yeah. The bosses have attack patterns, that kind of thing. Is there like a lot of bo- enough bosses? Do you think that you're not going to see too quickly, and they're just going to be repeats? Or? I don't know. It's hard to tell. There are some like. Well, the main thing that's weird about it is that they have they have two separate like energy bars in the traditional free play energy bar fashion. Hmm. One of them is for the story mode, and one of them is for multiplayer. So you have like two different banks of energy. Oh, right. So there's. Oh, I thought this was entirely multiplayer. No, it does have a single. Uh, basically, you have AI friends. Oh, oh, right. Or like AI controlled versions of people you've met in that kind of final, oh, um, like bravery default. Kerbatars. Yeah, Kerbatars. <laughs> <laughs> that you can use for like one battle or whatever. So you have that, that. You have an AI team basically when you're doing it solo. But it has these two different energy meters for that. But then the thing that makes that because you might think that that's good because it's like oh that that means like if i play it by myself i'm not preventing myself from playing it with people yeah because i'm not spending that same energy but unfortunately that's completely fucked over by the fact that as far as we can tell as far as we got into it the multiplayer missions don't unlock unless you progress the story Oh, so you right. actually have so you to have progress to so far into the story to unlock basically the multiplayer versions of those missions. Okay, yeah. So it kind of it might as well just be one energy bar. Sort of. Yeah, you've just got you've got to do something. You've got to do stuff on your own in order to get the multiplayer. Yeah, which kind of sucks when you just want to play multiplayer. Yeah. So yeah, there's that. It's weird, but like, is that to not... stop you from just cheesing it with high level players? Maybe. Reckon? Like not it's high, high level geared Kirby's. It's weird, but it's not like unusually weird for a Kirby game. It's like that kind of traditional. It's a Kirby game, so it's kind of simplistic, and right. that's it. <laughs> that's all you need to know about a Kirby game, Fair essentially. Enough. I'm sure there's a an appeal to the younger audience there somewhere. Maybe yeah. for doesn't have to be mechanically deep. Yeah. Uh, then we saw a bit of Trials of Mana. Don't know a lot about that game, so you know. To, I mean, it's more of a remake than I thought it was. I guess, like full-on remake rather than just a remaster. Well, I think is is this actually different from what they announced at E3? Because I think they announced they announced a collection with something in it. Yeah, they? I think they announced the what what is basically the pixel art version of this thing that they're now making, right? Because that so, the yeah. third one hadn't come out outside no. Japan. No, you're so right. everyone was excited about that coming out. But and now, now they're, they're doing a full remake, remaking well. it to a yeah. real modern game. Yeah, although it looked, you know, a bit clunky. <laughs> well, you know, it's but... anime, weird old school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like certain as sort of certain JRPG tropes or whatever. Yeah, sort of action <laughs> RPG combat as well. Yeah, now rather than uh, some of that stuff. Uh, uh, Return of the Obra Dinn's coming to Switch. Um, and I've just put bastards in question in in brackets there because it's like, oh hey, it was weird hearing a swear on a Nintendo thing. I mean, I guess. Uh, town got a name, which is a shame because now you can't be hyped for no, town. We can't, we can't just be hyped for town anymore. It's, it's called Little Town Hero. Yeah. Um, I'm. This looks vaguely interesting. I don't know. It's like it's like it's the whole okay battle with ideas thing is weird. 
and the whole okay you can move around the town whilst in a fight in order to try and recruit bits of the town and the town's folk in order to help you it's like that the, okay commendation where it's deserved i suppose they are this does look at least different i don't know if i've seen a, me- a system quite like this mechanically in terms of how it plays out mm, yeah, it's, maybe. it's intriguing but you should have called it town yep <laughs> Oh, that was I was happier with town. Little town hero just sounds really generic now. Just town is actually kind of weirdly interesting. Although it could have been a management sim, I don't know. Mm. But in town, the city of Townsville. Uh, what else we got? I can't read it from here. <laughs> now we're um, on to the Smash Brothers these, or the first part of the Smash Brothers. Oh yeah, Banjo yeah. is it got released. Banjo okay. Kazooie came out. They were like shadow dropping it effectively. Uh, effectively, they were like, "Hey, we've got the release date. It's right now." <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we, we've we've played a bit of Banjo. I mean, not not with each other, but we're giving him a go. He seems like a uh, fairly well-rounded character. He seems like a perfectly normal character, yeah. and not a whole bunch of bullshit menus <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> like heroes. And weird charge moves. He's just like he's just got regular ass moves. He sounds like Banjo. He moves like Banjo. He's got an exploitable infinite recovery, which is, apparently is really tricky to pull off. Well, sure, but 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 exists. Um, well, it's, I mean, I think his exploitable infinite recovery is no different than snakes dropping the C four oh, yeah, and blowing yeah, yourself yeah. up. Blow yourself, yeah. It's pretty much the same. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, seems seems kind of cool. Uh-huh. Dun, 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 dun. And then immediately after that, they announced the next character, which had also been spoiled. Yeah, yeah, it had. But that that but the trailer at least was it was cool. Yeah, like the sort of run through Neo Geo classic game land to finally land on on a character who was just. I mean, I thought they were perhaps going to go with something a bit more SNK focused, something like I don't know, Mai from King of Fighters or something like that. You know, some super famous one. Well, Terry Bogard is pretty super famous. Terry Bogard's pretty famous. He's but... been in a lot of those games as well. It's like yeah, he's, not, he's... he's not even just from one game. But it's just like I was—I I was kind of hoping for for a bit of balance, like not just fighter game dude. You know, we've had yeah. we've got Ryu and Ken. Like, let's. You could have picked like one of the ladies from the SNK games. It's mm, same like, like Mai, because Mai is fairly... I mean, I'm sure he's at least going to play well, him, no. at least. <laughs> the yeah. Street Fighter guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope he's got some of the... like Because of they, you know Street Fighter, they pulled in some of the, the, the motions to do those the Street Fighter moves. Yeah. I hope they do some like KOF combo stuff, because I don't know a lot about King of Fighters, but like, I, like some of its mechanics are pretty unique to King of Fighters. Mm. So it's like, I hope they bring some of that to the, to the table. Uh, Everyone was slightly disappointed it wasn't Metal Slug. Because <laughs> that would have oh, been a weird right. fucking character. That would be cool, <laughs> yeah. Well, it'd be, yeah, because it doesn't really have a huge amount of melee attacks. It's, a, it's, like, it's right, like, just like Snake. <laughs> I don't know, but Snake's got CPC. Metal Slug dude occasionally stabs he gets, guys. He gets a knife out, yeah, yeah every now and then. Uh, yeah, so that's coming in November, so like fairly quick compared to the last couple. 
well, well, from announcement to release. Anyway. Yeah, well, sure, but I mean, sort of on schedule for what they've been planning with their yeah, yeah. approximately two month gaps between each one. Slightly early because they've, we've, they said the last one's due to come out before February. Mm. Although we always assumed that meant in February, towards the end of February. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. maybe they actually do mean before February. Yeah. <laughs> so that'll be the last character, supposedly. In, in So Terry's not the last one, but the one in February will be the last one in this fighter pass. Um, but that was, but that was led into the next bit of news in that, hey, they're not done. There's going to be more. Yep. They're going to keep this rolling. So everyone can be less annoyed by the last character being not the one they want. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That makes sense. Um, Hopefully it was a turtle. They released, um, Sans from Undertale as a me costume. Spoilers for the second part. The thing that happened way later in the Smash Brothers thing. After the direct. That wasn't in the direct, but yeah. That, but yes, that did what, happen. Or on Smash, it's like, yeah, that came out. I had a brief moment where I played some online. Yeah. Right, in Smash. And it was just... 100% Sans and Banjo? Yep. <laughs> of course it was. Actually, no, it was actually no, there were very few Banjos, but there was a lot of Sans. <laughs> there was a lot of Sans. Now everyone has to learn how to play Mii Gunner. <laughs> <laughs> also, Smash Online. Kind of not a fun experience. Like it was cool. laggy as hell. Oh, was it? Yeah, I I did not get good games. Well, I had a couple of good games. The good games I had were a one on one where I was playing as Zero Suit Samus versus Sheik. Oh God, that was a real difficult to kill match. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it was great, and because those, those matches ran pretty well, we were pretty closely matched. Um, we had a couple of rounds, and it was uh. Bef- before one of us disconnected, probably me. I think I got bored. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Um, but the bigger fights, the the stuff I you know, I wanted to play. Ugh, that was hell. Also, there seemed to be some unwritten rule where all of the Sansas would just sort of like not fight each other. Oh, uh, sure. And would like, there's me coming into a fight as Banjo or Sonic or something, and then be like, let's get him. <laughs> it was. It was. Yeah. It was not a fun time. <laughs> Smash online. Not, not a fan. Anyway, moving on. What else we got? Marion Sonic. Oh, have I missed? Yeah, Marion Sonic. <laughs> no, you've skipped several things. I've skipped several things. Well, there's Link's Awakening, but we don't need to talk about that. That's just Link's Awakening. It's happening. There's Dragon Quest. Also, don't need to talk about that because they're still talking about it for some goddamn reason. Uh, it's still not out. Like... <laughs> I mean, I guess. But Jesus Christ. <laughs> you try and pronounce that acronym. No. Okay. Uh, acronym. What else we got? Taking Rise Sessions. Oh, that. yeah. Well, that's another Wii U game that they're bringing to Switch. But yeah. I don't know if it is, though. I think it might be a. Well, no, I guess it's called Encore, so it is like a remastering yeah. of the old one. Pretty sure. But with is. new content, though. Yeah, yeah. Because they're bringing like, the new Fire Emblem characters into that weird crossover. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was a Wii U. Yes, I remember I remember the last time they showed anything about one of those. Uh, Deadly Fear Mission 2 is kind of weird. Yeah, who'd have thought that was coming? <laughs> Sweary bringing back what is arguably his most successful property or most loved property hmm. um, because of its weirdness. Um, yeah, it's getting a sequel on the Switch, and just to celebrate it, they've re- they've shadow dropped and released the original uh, Deadly Premonition Origins on the Switch as well. Yeah, uh, which has prompted my Twitter feed to be filled with a lot of. Um, People replaying the first Deadly Premonition game and just sharing clips from it. <laughs> Great. Uh, then what? 
Oh, Divinity Original Sin 2 being on the Switch. It looks kind of ropey. Well, I mean, that's just... I think that game just looks like that anyway. Okay. Even it, beyond it the Switch bit, version. It looks a bit low-res, kind of like, you know, Witcher low-res. Well, sure. There's but, a quite a lot of detail in that game, technically, I guess. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's all about the choices, right? More than the, the look. Yeah. Uh, Doom 64. Well, you forgot the important part about Divinity. They're doing Doom Steam 64. cross saves. And that's the important thing. Oh, yeah. I suppose that is interesting. Yeah, Steam Cross Saves. Is, is that the first game to do that? It does well, I don't know if it's the first game to do Steam Cross Saves with anything, but it's probably the first one on Switch. Yeah. Well, no, it's definitely not the first with anything, but like, yeah, it's kind of cool. It's a big old game. You don't really want to be limited to a platform, I suppose. Yeah. But like, I suppose the question with that is like, where, where are the saves? <laughs> How do they access the saves? Have they done a Steam. Well, it, like if it's in the servers, I guess. Yeah, like, it can't just be in the Steam cloud, right? <laughs> then how would they access it through Nintendo? Unless yeah. they can do that. Maybe they can. Who knows? Unless who, who like who publishes it? Is it Bethesda or something? No, like it's it? not. It's just some other company. Just their own. Yes. Okay. Interesting. So I, I was about to say, do, is it another reason to sign into Bethesda Net or something? No, but Doom sixty four might be. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Doom sixty four. That's a weird one. I don't know if it is a weird one. though. Well, most like. Okay, 64 ports don't get a lot of love, generally, because they tended to be weird versions of most games. But that's why you want them, though, right? (laughs) Because they're weird versions of the game. That doesn't mean they were always good. And at least Doom 64 isn't just like like Doom 2, but on the 64. It's like it's its own game. No, because it had to be, yeah, it had to be rendered differently. They used, like, N64 3D polygon engine to, to render it, rather than using, like, Doom tech. Yeah. Um, and so it, it ends up with this weird look to it, like you know, still got bitmap enemies and things like that, but they're kind of all blurry and smushed by the N sixty four, in sort of just very basic old school coloured lighting. I mean, I suppose environments. The, the, it's a weird looking thing. The slightly weird question about it is like. Is this an N64 emulator or is this an actual rebuild? <laughs> like, have, I, have Bethesda I, snuckily built an N64 emulator before Nintendo? <laughs> I think it looked like, it looked like up-resed emulation to me, simply because the frame rate in that trailer looked like it probably came from an M64. An N64. Yeah. Well, they could, M64. they could have done that just to be realistic. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but yeah, I don't, I don't think that was a a repackage. It was a, an emulation job. Uh, then there's a, a game called Road Company that no one knows anything about. It's like a Switch only hero shooter. Yep, or something. it appears to be some kind of which is very high res. Who because high res are making that? What did they do before? They're like a. <laughs> I don't remember. They did something. It's something fairly high profile, yeah. right? Inconvenient for them that they happen to be in the same director's Overwatch going out. <laughs> It's not them that make um weird robot fighty free to play game, is it? Um big on PC around for a while. Not Warframe. Well it's not yes, yeah, are they not behind Warframe? Don't or? no. I'll look that up, you proceed. Uh then there was the Pokemon section, because that game is still coming. Get ready. Get ready for more or less hype. How do you feel about Pole T, guys? I mean, that, we knew that we knew the T-based Pokemon was coming. I'm pretty sure I literally oh, said because it's British. Yeah, 
think okay. I'm pretty sure I literally said Pokemon made out of a T-Fault, didn't I, on one of these podcasts? <laughs> you might have done it. <laughs> made out of ghost Pokemon. Well, I mean, that makes sense, because they've had ghost-type Pokemon that are basically an item that has been possessed by a ghost. There's several right. of those. Beauty and the oh, Beast high res, a, high res a Smite and Paladin. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> and Realm Royale. <laughs> So yeah, there's the fucking tea Pokemon. There's the uh, cormorant Pokemon, I guess. Another semi-famous English animal. Yeah, the cormorant. What a pull. <laughs> That's a good one. With his weird gulp yep. mechanic. I quite like that. It's okay, I guess. I mean, it looked cool. They've got custom animations on it and stuff. Yes, the, the part of it that is the custom animation, but when you see the when, bit where it uses Surf and it's the model just kind of... <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, scrolls yeah. directly up and down above the wave you're like uh, yep that's there's the pokemon <laughs> there's the pokemon do what they do i was just thinking like it's kind of like half the animations in final fantasy 8 are like that aren't they really where stuff happens on screen and they're just like what do we do like rotate the model, the model. <laughs> yeah rotate the model that's all we can do <laughs> yeah and then you know get prepared for to make a shit ton of curry because that's english as well obviously of course now, i thought that was a bit odd like like, okay, yeah, curry is... Well, our version of curry is kind of British, but curry doesn't originate as a British thing. Like, why curry? Like, What other British food would you have to make? cooking and, like, just had everything bland. Well, sure. Like, or stodge food. If you, like, made it gener- if you made it more like a selection of foods, but if they want... If you wanted one Yorkshire type... puddings. <laughs> that's not... A, that's very bland. Like, if you wanted one type of food that you could make multiple different versions of... That would be typically English. What, would, what else would you go for? Fish and chips? Well, there's not really variants of that, really. Pies. Scones. <laughs> yeah, pies. Pies are good. <laughs> Scone. Scone. So, yeah, make a shit ton of curry. In your Sandwiches. curry decks. Get ready for everyone to be super pissed off because we've removed the national decks, but we've got the curry decks. <laughs> We could spend time putting all these Pokemon in the game because we had to make all this curry. <laughs> it won't look as good as um, Final Fantasy XV's food, so I'm not interested. No. And it won't be as funny as uh, Breath of the Wild's cooking. <laughs> also, no. Although, uh, in case you in case you aren't aware, which, I mean, a lot of people probably aren't, this, the actual process of doing the cooking that they showed, they've basically just brought back a really ancient mechanic from, like, gold and silver. There really? was like a cooking, there was a mini game in that to make, I think they're called Poffins or Poker Blocks. Well, there's Poker Blocks as well. Poker Blocks and Poffins. There's a cooking mini game way back in the ancient, uh, ancient Game Boy games that basically had the same mechanics, like the stirring. Like in that, in that game, you had, when you stirred it, it like told you which direction to stir it and whether to stir it fast or slow. So you had to do it correctly and that leveled up how good the result was. Nope, exactly. <laughs> Not very many people do, but I'm like, well, that's basically the exact same thing. Just now with curry. Did they say that Pseudo Wudo is going to be in this as well? <laughs> the only thing Rob cares about. Yeah, I think I saw I mean, somewhere that's that the only one from the coming. national decks that we need. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've seen it yet. They can't not have Pseudo Wudo. <laughs> they could. I don't know. But yeah, so, you know, curry. Curry. I still have it, I, something wrong about the word curry in the American accent. Curry, or whatever, however they say it. It just, just sounds wrong to me. <laughs> There's not many American words I sort of turn my nose up. 
or American pronunciations, but curry. It's like it's like it's, it's very unpronounced, like curry. <laughs> That's Pokemon. Curry, curry, curry. It's continuing to happen. Um, what she got? The, we now have Snez on Switch, as everyone knew was coming. Right, it wasn't Ray. there when I last looked. Like, it, okay. it updated the day after they because this announcement. If you weren't paying attention, you might have not picked up what they said tomorrow, not today. Oh, uh, because <laughs> uh, I tried it almost immediately after I watched the direct, which admittedly was a day late. Yeah, and it still wasn't there. Yeah, it was probably late on. Yeah. So us. what can we play there? Twenty games, including most of the classic ones that you think of, like Mario yeah. World. It, original uh, one and two, so you can get your Yoshi on. Yeah, it's like it's you like got Super of, Metroid, you half, got Star Fox. It's basically half of what you get with a SNES Classic. Yeah, it's pretty much it? just a SNES Classic in your Switch. Um, but like, yeah, so it's like it's, it's half the list. Like most of the Ninty stuff is what you expect, but a lot of the third party stuff is different. Sure, Final Fantasy um, Six. No, don't think FF Six. No, Link to the Past is though. Yeah, and apparently I saw a video that. Um, the emulation is actually better on the Switch version than the SNES Classic. There's well, actual emulation errors in the SNES Classic versions of some of those games that are fixed in the Switch version. Oh, really? I knew there were some visual differences. Yeah. In SNES, like in um, Super C, or whatever the Contra game is on them. Um, okay, it's not Super C, is it? Um, yeah, whatever the Contra game is that's on, on there, it has some um, transparency issues. It's one of the things yeah, that, that emulator that is, doesn't deal with too well. That is probably what the glitch that I saw reference was talking about as well. It's like, they're, they're not actually game game breaking in any way. No. But just visual stuff. Just accuracy. Because the one they were talking about was in Yoshi's Island where there's the uh, touch fuzzy get dizzy classic. Oh, right, yeah. Where where the screen goes all warpy. Oh right. Did that not work in when the in the SNES classic version, when you hit them, the background disappears for like a frame where it's at, it's meant to get all pixely for a frame. Ah. So they fixed that in the Switch emulation version, oh, okay. apparently. That's, that's good of them. Touch fuzzy. Touch fuzzy, get dizzy. It's a classic. <laughs> Basically drugs. Basically drugs. <laughs> so that. Uh, yeah, that's good. That makes it... I mean, to be honest, that gives the Switch online <laughs> library a bit more value. Yes, because no one likes NES games. I mean, I, I like a few NES games. In short bursts. I mean, I might play some Super Mario 2 properly at some point so I can figure out how you actually play that game. Because <laughs> I've never I've never invested any time in Super Mario 2. So it's... Good. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I'll end up playing at least one or two of those games at some point. Play through Super Metroid again. Super Metroid's good. Yep. Um, and then there's an update to Tetris 99. Yeah, I've dipped into that. See what see what's going on. Oh, look, I haven't bought any of the any of the stuff because it's like, oh hey, you can pay to play single player in two player now. Yep, that's not that interesting. Nope. Um, uh, the, the I guess the most interesting thing as a like, if you're playing it for free on your Switch Online account, is that they've added daily challenges which you can earn a ticket from for each challenge. And once you've got 15 tickets, you can buy themes mm. to actually change how that game looks. And I might want that Mario and Zelda theme. So you can not listen to the Tetris music forever. There's nothing wrong with that Tetris music. Well, no. But, but <laughs> mix it up a but bit. But it'd be nice to change it every now and then. Yeah. 
Um, so that's that's nice. And also they added... They give you 10 tickets for free as well. well so. actually. They added the mode for people who've won. Oh, yeah. The, was it Invictus <laughs> yeah. mode? Otherwise known as the let's make the game slightly more bearable for everyone else mode. Well, hopefully. <laughs> Shove all the good people into the, into the hardcore mode. And I wish I understood sometimes how that game functions, because there are, there are some games where it says, three, two, one, go, and I've already got like half a bar's worth of attack coming in. And well, it's maybe like, it's just how lag. does that happen? Yeah. yeah, either that or like half the... Either that means or half the game is targeting me and they've already managed to like do something ridiculously fast and it's just like... This, is, mm, this feels wrong. Also, I tried playing that game with the GameCube controller mm. to see if it would solve my uh, issues with the control. It does not. The GameCube stick is exactly the most precise thing for moving. You have to use the stick. D-pad. Well, that even worse. Yeah. GameCube D-pad kind of squidge. And I, I, like, even though the buttons are separated on the Joy-Cons, I still find myself accidentally dropping every now and then. It's like That might be just because the buttons are tiny. Mm. It's just something feels off about how Tetris 99 plays compared to Tetris Effect. <laughs> Which is like, Tetris Effect is, to me, like, the perfect feeling Tetris. And it's just like something... Like, even just the way the pieces move, just there's something different, and I can't put my finger on it. Speaking of the GameCube controller, briefly going back to Kirby Super Whatever Clash, I tried playing that with the GameCube controller because it was still plugged in after I was playing Smash Brothers. And also because I was trying to avoid using my broken-ass Joy-Con, whatever. Mm. So I was like, maybe I can just use the GameCube controller. Unfortunately, as this is a Nintendo game, they don't let you rebind the controls. No. And therefore... Not all the buttons are represented. Well, no, that's not even the problem. Is that A and B are basically the wrong way around on the GameCube controller. Right. Well, the right way around. Well, the right way around, but the wrong way around for the Switch. So, so like, attack is on, like, B and jump is on A, which is not really helpful... For what game, sorry? For Kirby. Oh, for Kirby. For Kirby oh, that doesn't sound too bad. It is, though. Yeah? Because if you're thinking about attacking and all you're doing pretty much is mashing attack and you're now having to mash B instead of A, and then if you ever want to jump, you have to press A instead. It's like, this is real confusing. But a seems like a more natural jump button. Not on the GameCube controller, when it's okay. the main button. Alright. And also, what? you know, if you've been playing Smash Brothers, that should be on X or Y. Jump. In Mario. Yes, but who plays Mario on a game? It's the jump button. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were, they were that way around on the 64 controller as well. Yeah, but the 64 controller didn't distinguish between them. They didn't have one giant button and one tiny button. <laughs> no, but they were the, that, that layout. <laughs> but you can't rebind them, so, you know, yeah. traditional Nintendo problems. Yeah, I mean, that's the one problem with the... That is the huge problem with it like yeah you can use the gamecube controller in pretty much anything but because it has missing buttons there's a lot of stuff that doesn't work now if you put anything that relies on left bumper for instance you're screwed is that not binder z though no that's right bumper that's fine <laughs> whatever yeah. one of them because <laughs> we've got like lz and rz or whatever they're called now yeah how many games even have two different functions attached to those? Uh, not many, but it turns out Tetris 99, uh, you can't use the hold queue. Right. Because it's, it's on, on, left on that side, yeah. not the other side. Yeah. And then they showed Ren and Sonic at the Olympic Games again. But, they, but they, the new thing was like 2D mode. Except that had already been spoiled like weeks ago. Oh, had it? Yeah. Oh, I missed that as well. 
But yes, they actually show that for real. Sort of, yeah, retro modes. I, get, I mean, there's something about Marin Sonic. I've never actually played any of them at all. Yeah. But there's something vaguely, like, from the outside looking in. Those games look all right. Yes, they they actually look competent. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's clearly a minigame connection or whatever. They look like they're functional and probably not terrible to play. And it looks like some effort has actually been put into the sport. It's not like they've just, like, cracked something out. Yeah. They, they look pretty well-formed. And, like, the, they have mechanics. Like the climbing looked surprisingly... They were they were focusing on that a little bit because I suppose they hadn't showed that before. But it's like that looked actually surprisingly like there's a lot there. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of mi- lot of courses, a lot of mini games. I mean, when you've on, got like you're fucking playing rugby. Like, yeah, that, yeah. How does the that whole work? rules of rugby being ported into the Marin uh, Sonic game? Yeah, it seems cool. I don't know. Yeah, we might have to try it at some point potentially. Um. Are you still ready for Demon X Machina to come out no, at last? I don't, I don't care anymore. They've like, released that, a new demo. You can no, go in I'm, there and I'm, see whether it runs better. I might try that demo, but I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't impressed with the, the prototype missions. No. Uh, <laughs> then they made a very weird announcement. Jedi Knight 2 yeah. coming to Switch. Where did that come from? <laughs> I mean, why not? Yeah, I mean, I guess. Jedi Knight really... 2 Jedi Outcast? Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, are they going to do anything with it? I mean, no. How's, how's <laughs> that even control? Like, it's a, it was a mouse I mean, and keyboardy type thing, wasn't it? Well, it's a sort of third person action game, yeah. kind of. So but, like, it's that had not a, that terrible. Like, famously, like, weird multiplayer, right? Or, like, where you yes. could fight. But it's only the single player. I think they did sort of uh, say that. Oh. Oh, is there no no multiplayer at all? Yeah, I think they, oh, that's they, it's only the single player side of it. Yeah, so that's the part people really liked, right? With the crazy lightsaber styles fighting. Mm. I, I did that. I didn't see an EA tag on that. And that Aspire are the developer. But... Uh, yeah, and you assume it must be under EA at some level, but yeah. it didn't say it. Yeah, no, I'm not sure. I, I remember seeing the tag. Well, at least they weren't like super in your face about it. Mm. Just, just been in some tiny copyright text at the bottom of the screen. Yeah, probably. And then we've got some stuff that we can crap through pretty quickly. Witcher 3, still. Yeah. Assassin's Creed. They've just, as Ubisoft does, continuing to shit Assassin's Creed into every possible avenue. What did they give? What name did they give to this? Rebel Collection. The Rebel Collection. Because right. yeah. it's the pirate one and the... The other pirate the one. The other pirate one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Uh, Dauntless. That's another one of those things where it's just like, yep, then we're just getting that onto the Switch. Yep. I'm surprised it wasn't there already, actually. And then there's the actual montage montage, which, again, even less we need to talk about. Yeah, I didn't even cover what was in it because it, it wasn't that interesting. Nope. Uh, Devil May Cry 2, kind of again, the same kind of just put a thing on a thing. Yeah, but did, if they put the first Devil May Cry out on Switch, I wouldn't have thought so. Because Devil May Cry 2 is the bad one. Well, yes. As far as the community is concerned, but it's probably the much easier one to port than one. I don't know. Is it? It's still a PlayStation Two game. Well, weird. That's weird. If the first one's not there, that's extra weird. Maybe. Animal Crossing section. Except not really, because it was just the exact same thing again, but like 
longer. I mean, it was the like, here's how Animal Crossing games work. Yeah, but it's they they basically showed all the same stuff that they showed at E3, just with more talking. Yeah, it's just like it's just the longer version of that exact. Here's the explanation version, except not really explaining. It's more just like stating it, like saying <laughs> right. what is actually happening on the screen. Catch a bug. Yeah, because that's something you do in Animal Crossing. I mean, it looks. Like... I'm not getting the hook yet. Like, why? What's what's this? I mean, yeah, you're you're not in a town and you're making a tent now, but it seems like there are some the people have houses. Well, it seems like you, you might you eventually make a house. Make a house yeah. yeah, I'm sure you can upgrade to a house. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not. You technically started a tent in all the Animal Crossing games, I think. Like, I'm not you did I, the last one. I'm not an Animal Crossing player, but outside looking in. It looks like a, just another one of these. Well, yeah, so I'm, I'm, Like, where's the hook? I mean, the crafting is the bit that's different. Oh, is it? I guess. That's new, is it? Yeah. Uh, okay. I suppose that's something. But how... Like, I think I said that as when we were talking about it at E3. It's like... That really hangs on, like, how deep that crafting system is. If it's really just, like, you're just going to get all these resources anyway, and then you just have to... <laughs> You just occasionally make something and it doesn't, or like if you get too many resources too quickly or whatever, and it becomes functionally irrelevant, where it's just like, I just make this thing and I don't even care what resources it costs. Right, yeah. Uh, local four player co op. So I guess that's new. Well, they showed two at E3, but they didn't show four, so. They showed four in this clip. Didn't yeah, they, they showed yeah. four in this one. Or on the same screen, so they're like screen movement. Yes, you're stuck on the same screen. Going on. Right, yeah. Which, even when they only showed it with two at E3, it seemed like there's just like not enough stuff on one screen for, to zoomed, do. Yeah, it's quite <laughs> zoomed in, isn't it? Well, yeah, but like there's not enough, like in within one screen of Animal Crossing, there's not enough things to interact with to make it really that worthwhile to have more than one person, let alone four. You can only shake a tree. Does it make more sense if you were playing like like Wi-Fi multiplayer or whatever like or the invited well sure come, come visit the online version yeah but even then I did, like that was the thing about even the previous Animal Crossing on 3DS where you could invite people to town it's just like there really isn't that much you can do other than look at it yeah other than look at it because that's like that's how Animal Crossing works you can only do a certain amount of stuff per day essentially right, yeah. you can only shake every tree once <laughs> <laughs> sure Animal Crossing is doing your daily. Yeah. And then the last announcement, they re-releasing the Invaded Chronicles and making it look good. I mean, that was a weird last announcement for them. I know they didn't hype it up in exactly the same way as they usually do on their directs. Like they didn't like I'm surprised they didn't end with like a a, a Smash reveal. Like, you know, Terry's reveal or something is the well, last they had the thing. whole Smash thing afterwards. It, so that kind of yeah. you could argue that that was just sort of not really the end. But like, I don't know. Maybe Xeno carries more weight in Japan or somewhere than it does here, but a bit of me kind of thought, it's like, does anyone... Well, some people like it. Yeah, but it's not a big, big thing, is it? It's like it's... I know it's a Nintendo-owned thing, so maybe Nintendo want to make it a bigger thing than it is, but I didn't think it was, like, huge. Well, it's not a new game. That's the main thing about yeah. it being the last announcement. It's a remake, not anything actually new. Well, it's not even really a remake. It's more of a remaster, isn't it? So it's... Well... Maybe there people have been saying that they're from even what they showed in those little tiny bits of video that they might be including some cut areas from the original game. Oh, okay. So there might actually be actually new. legitimately new content in there. Yeah. All right, that's something. 
And that's it. Yeah, and then there was just the whole smashing where Sakurai talked for a long time. Yeah, I haven't watched any of that. I thought I, might, well, I thought I might look at how he did his um, banjo stuff, but it was so weird. I mean, well, some parts of it weird. Some parts of it were perfectly normal, the same as those that always are. Mm. But when he does those sort of, you know, vaguely off the cuff esque live stream sort of interview style things that he does, it can get kind of strange. Like right at the start of this video, he spends like a whole couple of minutes talking about like. When I'm doing demonstrations for these characters, I use two controllers to control both characters at once. <laughs> yeah, but but if I put them on top, if I put the controllers on top of each other like I like them, then the LR buttons keep getting hit, so I have to put them next to each other, and that's slightly inconvenient. And that, like, it doesn't go anywhere. He's just saying this, and it's kind of like oh, that's kind of weird and cool. But like, why? Why do you feel the need to explain this whole thing? Because it fills time. Well, yeah, but you don't need to fill time. And you know, Sakurai's an interesting chap. And who plays two controllers at once? Let's yeah, well, that. that's the main thing. Like when you actually do see, yeah, also like if you watch the hero version of this, when they detail the hero character, it's just like he's really good with two controllers. Mm. He really can control two characters at once somehow. Like in, in, later on, when I mean spoilers, but they revealed the home run contest is getting uh. included. But like later on when he does that, he's like, oh, you can play Home Run Contest or you can play it in co-op. And then he does that with two characters and he does really well at that as well. Oh, bloody hell. I'm like, holy crap. Sakura's a genius. <laughs> and then also when, he, when he's back to just playing with one controller, when he fights like a Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong as Banjo, and he's like, well, this is going well after like a minute and a half and he hasn't taken a single hit. Wow. <laughs> and he's just completely woofing these computer players. It's like, yeah, it is going pretty well. I agree. <laughs> it's good to know that he's actually good at his own game. Yep, I guess so. Doesn't always happen. <laughs> he definitely knows the mechanics. Put him in a tournament, see what happens. Well, I, that was another thing where later on when they were talking about Sans and the costume, he also briefly talked about why was sort of why that happened, which was basically that fucking Toby Fox came to his house. <laughs> yeah, right. They had, and they played Smash, and apparently Toby Fox is pretty good at Smash. And then that was the other news about town, wasn't it? Toby Fox, Toby Fox is doing, doing the music. music for it. Yeah, but yeah, apparently Toby Fox is quite good at Smash, and Sakurai was vaguely impressed by his skills. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't you put like Shans in it though? In some well, everyone's asked for it, sure. Yeah. And like you know, Undertale's pretty has done well on on Switch. I mean, so. it's the same reason Shovel Knight became an assist trophy, basically. Yeah, and you could argue that like. Me fighter costume is like one step up for a cis trophy, so you know that should make people marginally more pleased. Playable, playable. <laughs> and I didn't really see any, any much like of people being pissed about him being a me fighter costume, uh, rather than a real character. No, I saw people in, like thinking that people would be pissed. <laughs> Like when they were doing a reaction where like they don't really have a, much of a care about it, but they think all the other title fans are going to be pissed that it's a Mii Fighter costume. But I didn't see that. No, they just did. seem perfectly fine. Also, because as far as Mii Fighter costumes go, goes, it doesn't look like a me at all. It is literally oh, just yeah, yeah. Sans. Yeah, because it's, it's a full, <laughs> it's a full, full face, mask. face mask. Yeah, the me part of it doesn't make any difference. <laughs> it could be anyone under there. Hey, you know what I did come across? You know the old... um. Forza thing of uh, if you put uh, they used to 
have liveries for cars available on the store that you'd see a bit an, an anime lady's face poking out and then they'd put a big black rectangle that you then remove yourself later yeah you remove <laughs> it you remove let yourself later and you see anime lady bits yep there was i've seen a couple of those on the uh smash stage creator oh right <laughs> a huge a, chunk a, of black just, just a huge blackness in front of what is clearly looks like a lady and it's like um yeah not getting that one <laughs> <laughs> bound to be the same thing well i don't know if it it might not be yeah I it guess. might not be back it, there it might just be this is the joke it, it could be <laughs> i doubt it but it could be i did find like i just had a quick most of the levels like are like are unplayable because it's just people making graphics yeah um which is a shame um and i did find a find one that was like it looked a little bit a lit there was an anime character looked a little bit like major from ghost in the shell right but basically the level was just like you're on top of a bust. <laughs> like that that was the platform. Yeah, I think I did several of those. <laughs> oh boy. We can't have anything nice is what happens. Give, give players the tools and they will wreck them. Well, I mean, it's not penises at least. That it's is only true. <laughs> that is true. And not even exposed bosoms as far as I know. <laughs> yeah, as far as we can tell. <laughs> that would be news yep I guess so that's your bi-weekly dose of somehow too much news so, yeah <laughs> even though you wouldn't have thought so lots of news this week oh news is back I we've guess had, so we've done with a lot news is back the return of news I suppose this is Nintendo's Gamescom direct you could have yeah well, kind of equivalent yeah I guess so yeah Right, it's time for what you've been playing. I guess so. Uh, Rob, you said you've got quite a lot. I have a fair amount of game to talk about. What have you been up to? Well, I was jumping between games a lot like, before the, this couple of weeks, but nothing really was sticking with me particularly. Well, I haven't re- actually gone back to play many of those. Like I dabbled with Trackmania Turbo a little more. Oh, yeah. Um, but as that game gets harder, like I'm getting increasingly more annoyed with just how that game works, mm-hmm. like how its mm. physics system works. It's just a, uh... yeah, I don't know. It's 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 off-road physics in particular, just it's so irritating. It's so twitchy. It's just like, why did why do you think this is a good thing? It's like a lot of the levels, like again, this is a fairly trackmania thing, so I shouldn't be too surprised. But a lot of the levels require such precision. And I'm only at the second difficulty level, man. It's like I'm in green level. Uh, it goes white, green, some other colours, and then black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just it's the second of five, and it's already becoming like, hey, you require quite a level level of precision just to make these jumps, just to make this thing and land right, so you can actually hit the gold times and stuff like that. And it's just it's a bit much, right? Like I don't know. It's it's it's. It feels too difficult, and the physics work against it. Like, all the component parts are there, but none of them want to work with each other. It's it's odd. So I'm kind of going off that. Um, so I moved on to other things, because, you know, Gears was coming out, so I upped on Game Pass. Oh, you re-upped on the Game Pass? Yeah. So I've been dipping into stuff... Thanks to that, 
including Licked Spear. <laughs> what? What's it called? Licked Spear. Licked Spear. Uh, which is an ancient Germanic neon spear throwing game. Yeah. <laughs> neon? Ancient neon yeah. spears? It, neon okay. spear. <laughs> with like ancient Germanic lore, but with like you're from the 80s, basically throwing neon spears. Oh, spear so it's like an outrun. Um, yeah. Uh, myth- German mythology. Yeah, you're putting spear- like like space spears into ice giants, <laughs> things like that. It's a it's a fairly simplistic thing. It's it's but the trailer's better than the game. Oh, it's 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 worth watching that trailer because it's funny. But not a lot of that translates into the actual game, um, which ends up being a simple form of castle storm in that you you stand on the left, you hold A to pull back your spear. You aim an arc and you release it to fire. Do it before you die. Throw concept. Kind of thing. Yeah, throw concept. Throw <laughs> concept with enemies. With enemies, yeah. The enemies okay. are kind of funny. Like there'll be a, like a if you see a ramp, there's probably going to be a walrus sliding down it at some point. Um, you know, penguins in boats, flying winged dogs. <laughs> it's a god. It's got some stuff, but it's like it's mm. fairly simplistic and fairly basic, and it's just it, it almost entirely hinges on this. Like, hey, isn't German funny? Yes, German. Like, yeah, so in if you get the language, just 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 German in general. <laughs> yeah, like if you get a silver medal, it takes great pleasure in going fantastisch, which I'm all about. <laughs> okay, yeah, fair enough. And if you get a gold medal, it just goes uber. <laughs> you know, uber. Uber. I would have liked Fantastic to be the gold medal in Venice. I'd hear it more often. <laughs> Fantastic. And all the levels basically are called Das something. <laughs> like Das Frozen Lake. Das <laughs> Creepy Woods. That's, that's like the le thing from, from the internet, yeah. isn't it? But with German. Pretty much, yeah. And you get, to, you get to pick a character to start, but they're all like Helga or Gustav. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all about that joke, really, and it's okay. Okay, it is, it is, it is what it is. You got enough um, of the joke out of it now, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> time to move on. <laughs> uh, what else we got? Let's let's talk about Void Bastards. Great title, Void Bastards. That's a very British game, <laughs> all around, basically. <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, this is a comic book styled rogue light shooter. Um, is the most concise way to describe it. Um, you uh, you're effectively stranded in space um, as a rehydrated. Um, penal Connolly member who the, the the AI is instructing you to go do things in order to repair itself uh, to repair the ship so you can um, I forget what the ship's called it's like the void something void arc that's it um, and in order to repair the void arc so you can get back to wherever the heck, heck you're supposed to be going um, and of course that involves getting on board your littler ship the Steve and jetting about the galaxy the looting what? the Steve the Steve Okay, STEV, um, looting derelict ships for stuff. Um, 
All while some mysterious thing has happened, turning the members of those ships into bizarre blue creatures that can shoot lasers from their face. Um, that's kind of it. Yeah, yeah. Going, you're going between ship to ship, looting it, getting the stuff you need, trying to get, uh, you know, the parts you need in order to meet some sort of milestone, and and build more stuff so you can play harder levels. Um, I, I think it's got a really good look. The comic book styling is spot on. Mm. Like it's all very, um, like super, like it's, it's, I don't know how to describe it. It's like the world itself. It's not really cell shaded. It's just, it's just kind of flat colors. It's like the walls will be like, um, like a solid yellow or something, but with like nice comic book lines, like uh, to, uh, to show where the detail is and things like that. There's not a lot of like, there's like pretty much no gradients in the game. It's all solid color. And, uh, that kind of thing, and uh, I think it totally nails that look. It looks it's, it's really nice. Um, but a lot, and and almost everything that can move in the game is two D. So it's like even the like the gun in front of your face is basically just a two D sprite. So it's uh, those are animated um, in in sort of low frame rate comic book style as well, and they look really good. Um, all the enemies are 2D sprites, which is is kind of odd seeing that style. But of course, that means they all look like um, decent comic book art as well. It's a it's it's a very it's a very uh, very stylish stylish thing. Um, it looks very good as a result. Even the menus and all that stuff are done in comic book panels. Uh, and, and and unless you turn it off, the whole, the entire game is always presented with a border around it like a comic book border oh, okay. which I turned off because it's default to white and that got a little bit annoying it's a bit distracting like having, yeah. Uh, yeah having a big white border around it so you can, you can darken it um, which is nice they thought of that um, uh, yeah so it's, it, I don't know, that's, that's pretty much all you do you do this loop rinse and repeat try and get more stuff try not to get killed by angry scots it's, <laughs> I, I mean it's decidedly it, it, everything about it is British. Like you go, you go, you can go have a cup of tea and get caffeinated, and that would like weirdly, it should be a cup of coffee, but you know, you can go have some tea and then you'll do triple damage for thirty seconds. Or uh, that um, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> or you can. Uh, That's what like, tea's for, right? Tripling <laughs> yeah, your damage for thirty your seconds. There are these um the, one of the first enemies you meet are these guys called uh, like juvies, and they just walk around, and when they spot you, they go, "Oi, butt face." And then in a like Lovely. a Glaswegian accent, and then start coming at you, and the uh, the janitors will wander around and be like, if they hear you, they'll be like, "Is that you, Gary?" <laughs> For some reason, it's always Gary. <laughs> it's like, "Is that you, Gary?" And the scribes are always making jokes about Barbara. For some reason, and it's like, it's like hey, isn't, that, "Isn't that funny, Barbara?" <laughs> it's, it's really weird. <laughs> like the tone is funny, and all, all the pirates are Scottish as well. For some reason. Not no, like West Country pirates, like the typical pirates, but Scottish. No, no, pirates. they're just they're just Scottish. They're just angry Scottish people. <laughs> I've, yeah, I find that stuff pretty pretty interesting because a lot of the like <laughs> names of things and a lot of the like, like this is the point where I struggle to remember off the top of my head things like that. But just just the names and the jokes they make. They seem they all seem decidedly British in like the flavor text and then. Stuff like that. Like, would would they even understand? <laughs> would would the international audience even understand half of this? But you're getting stuff out of it. 
Oh yeah, of course I am. Oh, yeah, Local I, get references. I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it seems neat. I'm kind of hooked. Um, it's getting cool. That's good. I've, I've only really reached the first milestone of about four. I think. I think you get four milestones and then the end game. I've only really completed the first because, um, but it, it gets hard real fast. Um, and it's I'm mean, playing on normal difficulty, and there's like five difficulties you can choose from, and normal's right in the middle. Um, and I'm, uh, it has this thing like nebula depths, where you can choose to be in like easy land, but the materials you need are probably going to be in harder levels. Right. So you, you go down into the nebula further, and you reach depth two, and then things get a bit tricky, and then there's depth three, where I've only been in once and immediately died. Um, but I'm pretty sure the gear I need for the next milestone is in depth three, so that's kind of like, okay, how am I supposed to do this? Um, so this is, and to a point, this is where the rogue light elements come into play in that mm. anything you craft any objects you craft any materials you gather you keep between runs so if you die that's you, you keep all the stuff you've managed to craft and all your actual materials what you lose is your classic um has a classic fuel and food system like from ftl and other things where you like and stuff like that where you can you, have, you can only jet around if you have fuel and you can only stay alive basically if you have food between each one you gain health if you've got food between the jump and you'll lose health if you start to starve between jumps um so it's got that system as well and all of that resets when you die um and you lose all your ammo as well when you die that's all like refreshed and things like that and at the start of a run ammo is a real problem because if you run out you haven't got a melee attack you've got no way to defend yourself so basically running out of ammo is pretty much a game over. Right. Uh, You're basically stuffed if that happens. Yeah. Which is harder at the start of the game because you haven't got you've only got your basic pistol and so you only need you can only use bullets as an ammo source. So you need your first priority is basically unlock a few other guns so you can have ammo or some way of defending yourself. Get some explosives and at least run away or hope you find some survive long enough till you find some more bullets on the ships or something like that. So it becomes a little bit easier once you start getting more guns. Um, what I'm really struggling with is just survivability at times. It's like I've up, I've upgraded my jacket, uh, you know, my, my armor a number of times. Yeah. So I'm a lot more, I have a lot more health than what I started, maybe about three times the health of what I started. But as soon as I get into a difficult fight where there's lots going on, that can whittle down very quickly still. Um, and I don't feel like I've got the firepower to fight back. Um, and maybe that's the point. Maybe I'm not supposed to be fighting back. Maybe I'm supposed to be being more stealthy. But I don't know if the game's all that good at that side. Um, like if you're if you're walking around, you don't alert enemies to your presence. They won't come actively looking in your direction. But then you'll probably stumble upon a security camera, of which the only decent way of dealing with it is destroying it, or an automated gun turret that you really can't get past because they'll spot you instantly and have perfect aim. Um, so you'll probably lose some health if you try. Um, and that noise can alert people to your presence and start drawing enemies in your direction. And also you can't just eliminate everything on a ship and be done with it and be in safety because there are these rifts that spawn enemies every now and then. So even if you think you're clearing out a place, if you spend too long on a, on a ship, you're just going to be having more fights. So there's, there's also this impetus of doing things fast, which is right. kind of flies in the face of doing things stealthily. And it's like, I don't know, there's... Yeah. 
I mean, it's it's trying to walk a balancing act between the two because that's what makes these games tick, I suppose, and that there are ways of doing it, there are approaches. But like as things have got harder, I've not really found my uh, run and gun approach being particularly helpful. Yeah, working stealthy out as well. approach is just too slow because too much stuff spawns. Um, you're working against the clock as well whenever you're on these vessels because you have a limited oxygen supply. Um, so I don't know. I think as it's getting harder, it's getting more annoying than it is entertaining. Oh, I see. Um, so it's not like you know the skills you've learned haven't meant that like as it gets more challenging, it gets more enjoyable because no, I think it's just something about the combat where things are just slightly too good a shot in that I can't avoid getting hit by right. too many enemies. Um, they sort of, uh, they're, they're, they're quite good at aiming at where you're going almost precisely. So you, you try and jink around in order to avoid a few shots, but you're yeah. probably going to get hit by some. Um, and so when things just get very hectic, if you've got a lot going on, it's like, yeah, you're going to get hit. You're going to take a lot of damage. And like, I don't really feel like I've got much in the way of like being able to run away too much because chances are mm-hmm. I'm going to run into another fight on, by, by doing so. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, um, maybe there's something I'm missing or some, something I'm not quite grasping. Some loadout that I haven't understood or something like that. Because you can only take... When you go into a ship as well, you have to choose what what you take with you. You can't take all of your weaponry. You can take you've got three slots, or at least I've got three slots at the moment, and you can only pick one gun from each category, right? Um, or one device from each category. So you're limited with what you take. Like, so I'm always tempted to take Zapper with me because it means if I come across a one of those automated gun points, I can zap it and knock it out for a while. Um, and if it's knocked out i could if i want to i could use eight bullets to destroy it and then it's permanently out um but if i don't have the zapper and i brought it with me it's like okay what choices do i have of actually doing this i suppose i could rift it which means i can zap it into like a holding buffer in in this rift gun but then i've got to put it down somewhere if i want to use my rift gun again right (laughs) and it's like well where do i put it i could put it in a door that i'm never going to come back to and then lock the door behind me which is like that when all that takes time time i'd rather spend looting the place yeah of course and none of that, none of those options really help if, like, if I'm in a huge firefight, and then I kind of need more explosive stuff. But explosive, you don't tend to be able to hold too much explosive ammo, like grenades and stuff. And so it ends up, yeah, I'm hitting a wall. Basically, I'm hitting a wall, and I'm not, I'm not progressing past this point. Um, but it's got a lot of stuff. So it's an interesting thing. Yeah, you're appreciating the style. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 definitely got that like oh, just loot another vessel thing about it, and then that was probably going to be your last because you'll die. Um, <laughs> okay. Also, the pirates are really. If you do end up facing the pirates, the pirates are really hard. Like in order to escape from them, that like they'll have a couple of super tough troops around the ship. To which, and they know where you are at all times, right? Like they'll be, they'll be, they don't move particularly fast, but um, the, yeah, the, the pirate commander is like shouting where you are, and they like, get to FTL, and it's like, <laughs> and you're like, okay, great, like they know where I am, and like, they make sure I'm not cornered in here, mm. because as soon as they see you, they have like, yeah, they have a hit scan weapon that just drains your health pretty quickly, so you've got to either deal with them or just don't ever 
try not to come across them. And in order to escape from a vessel when the pirates are on you, you've got to release the tether that they have. So you've got to find a specific point on the map anyway and release the tether, and then they won't be chasing you anymore. And it's like, yeah, all of that is a bit much. And sometimes you can't avoid the pirates. They'll just be on the route you need to take in order to get to the thing you're supposed to be doing. Bah. It's, it's tricky. It's hard. Also, it doesn't have cross-save, which I'm annoyed about. Oh. Because I, I installed it on PC first, but because Gnome's been using my computer quite a lot of late, uh, I thought, well, that's fine. I'll just, put, I'll just start it on Xbox and I'll play it there. Um, and, and it's a little bit performant on my Xbox. It has to be said, it's not. It runs at sixty when it can, but it will uh, it will drop quite oh, a lot okay. to the point where the game actually has frame skip options and things like that. If you want it to run at low frame rate all the time but be consistent, oh weird, weird. yeah, really weird. Um, but if you run it on, as I say, I want to yeah, I want to run it, go back to it on PC and I loaded it up and it's just like, oh, my save's not here. Great. Mm. So yeah, it doesn't support cross-save, which is annoying. I reckon it might be a bit easier with the mouse, because headshots matter. Well, naturally. Yeah. But not that much easier. Uh, yeah, so Void Bastards. Um, the, speaking of Gnome, yeah, we started playing uh, Detroit Become Human. Oh yeah. Because it was on PS Plus a while back. Uh, I don't know. I don't really know what to say about Detroit, really, because it's, it's like, like kind from of a technical, like... yeah, from a technical perspective, it's really very impressive. Like how that game looks and how the lighting works and how the you know the face capture and stuff like that, and how it's how the cameras work and stuff like that. It is for the most part hugely impressive. Hmm. Like it, it looked really nice. Um, I think the the environments are exquisitely detailed, they are unrealistic, and um, there, there's a lot of effort has been put into their environments, and and you know, just the, that that whole the whole look of the game is really is really great. I think where it falls apart a little bit for me, and and um, for those who don't know, it's a it's a you know it's like a David Cage, the Quantic Dream. Um, adventure game adventure where game. you're effectively yeah. like sort of wandering around, making choices, doing actions on the controller to do mundane things like do the washing up and stuff like that. Um, so it's it's another one of those uh, and it follows the same patterns pretty much just without the combat stuff that Beyond Two Souls had. I don't think that's a thing now. Those are just quick time events now mm. like they were in Heavy Rain. Um, they always kind of were quick time events but they were kind of like implied quick time in Beyond where it's like Oh, hey, Jody's arm is moving to the right. So if you flicked right on the stick now, that would be a good action. Hmm. You know, it was it was that. It like it stopped them from needing to put prompts on the screen. Right. And for the most part, I thought that was kind of a neat idea. That worked kind of well. Um, but now it's just yeah, big button prompt, do the thing, do it right now. Um, we're playing it in casual mode as well, so that means that some of those actions are simplified. So that allows GNOME to be able to control it a bit easier. Because she gets confused between which button is which still. Right. Especially on a PlayStation pad, where it's all like symbols and L2 and R2 are often, you know, the L's and R's and the 1's and 2's often get confused to those that aren't controller aware. I'm still not that PlayStation controller aware. 
even though fair enough yeah it's my main controller now yeah it's, it's like when she sees a prompt on screen she like tends to want to use the stick that she was last using which tends to be the left stick so whenever a prompt so she's wandering around the scene and then a prompt comes up to flick um the right stick down to examine an item and she'll flick the left stick which will cause her character to turn around and we'll start walking away for it and i'm sat there going what are you doing <laughs> you know it's <laughs> it's sort of a frustrating watch but hey casual mode does simplify some of that um uh yeah it's one of those my biggest problem with it so far has been that we're about four hours into it i think and the story is just so by the numbers yeah that's the thing i saw a little bit of it um my flatmate was playing it and it's like uh it's just like yeah it looks amazing and it's like all of this artwork and all of these people have put so much effort into making this work so well and look so good and the story just seems so basic and like bashing you over the head with no subtlety at all no Uh, yeah it's really it's really just it's it's it's, it feels so done before is my problem with it it's not like they're this drink made more noise than i was expecting um yes and they're not like they're really i'm waiting for it to turn but at the moment it's just like you know your standard robots are slaves break free storyline and we've only really just had a couple of the moments that where the where the androids start going deviant as they call it and there's a bit of a sequence that plays out when that happens and it's um uh but everything else is just yeah it's just it's it's that theme and it's not there is no twist to it yet my favorite was the stupid buses like the rosa parks buses where the Mm. androids have to go on this special section at the back of the the android compartment for god's sake that's so stupid and how they a lot of androids sort of enter this weird state when they're waiting for things where they they're sort of like on standby they're not really responding to things so they'll just stand in bus stops totally upright and still and they'll be in the in the compartments in these buses upright and still sort of not really respond to outside impetus when they when that happens and mm. um, outside stimulus or any stimuli is impetus right in that context? I'm not sure. Definitely um, stimulus is right. Yeah, they don't really respond, which is weird because they they won't even respond to another android walking up to them and asking them a question. They'll just be like, they'll turn their head slowly to look and then turn it back and be like, not interested. And it's like, okay. Uh, whereas every other time they're quite humanoid, right, in the way they move and the way they stand and. Hmm. It's it's odd. Um, I think what is, if if it weren't for like the by num and maybe the by numbers thing is just because of how we're playing it to some degree, but I don't. I, I think we're limited in what where our choices can go at this point in the game. But it's, I, I think what is really neat is that they expose. You know, you know, when we talk about these games that have like um, branching paths, and you talk about the diamond structure or whatever, where yeah. it has to branch out and it all has to come back. They expose what that is in this so you you get a flow chart for every scene and you can and it will basically it won't tell you what they all are until you've done them but you can effectively see where the paths go and what you missed what you did do what you didn't do so if you went back into a scene yeah, instance, yeah. presumably once you finish the game you can go back and see okay this is a choice i could make that could i could have taken down a different path hmm. um or this is a choice i made that unlocked an option somewhere else in the game 
Uh, what if I didn't have that? Or what if I went this way? Would I unlock a different action? And I think that's really neat because that sort of, for one thing, it shows that actually the complexity of what they're trying to achieve with this thing. Because in most scenes, you're not going to hit most of the choices in a single run. Um, some of the denser scenes, it's, you're, you're unlikely to hit a huge portion, actually, of, of, what, of what, what's, what's available to you. But it's, it's, it's nice to just sort of look at the graph and be like, oh, we did miss something there. We could have done something differently when you were thinking about it and being like, okay, what do we do now? Is this a pressure situation? Are we supposed to break the rules here and go do our own thing? Or is, are we, are we, is waiting a, a viable option? And then you go look at the flowchart and be like, oh, maybe doing nothing was a viable option. You know, that mm. kind of thing. Um, and just how much... I think a lot of thought has been put into these branches. It's just like, yeah, it's just wrapped around a very bog-standard sci-fi plot. At the that moment. isn't intriguing. Yeah. Not yet. It's, it's, like it's, a, like, it's weird, there's isn't a, it? There's it's a like... couple of hooks, but they're very much like... You know, the standard sort of like, hey, there's an upright. It doesn't even matter if it was Android related or anything like that, but it's like, hey, there's an uprising and there's a person leading it who everyone reveres and we're only just learning who this is, this RA9, as it's refer been referred to. And it's like, okay, that is the one thread of interest we have right now. But it's mm. a very standard thread of interest, right? It's like there is one guy that everyone tries to... Yeah. The leader. That is, you know, yeah. you're supposed... Yeah, the leader person that, that everyone's like, ooh... And the androids are struggling to deal with their newfound emotional freedom, and it's like, you know, find this guy. And it's like, well, yeah, okay, that's the one. That's the one thing we've got. But anyway, we're only four hours in. David Cage games tend to be longer than you expect, <laughs> for better seems, or worse. It just seems so, like adventure games, like all that kind of thing, like the technology overtook the, you know, in the old days, like. Adventure games were much more, you know, obviously they died off or whatever, but they were very popular mm. when the technology was so basic that, that the writing had to carry the whole thing and the artwork, sure. obviously. Yeah. But then something happened where now the technology is amazing, but no one seems to, the writing doesn't seem to be doing its, pulling its no. weight. And so they It's don't... weird because, like, the only thing I can think of that's really achieved that was Walking Dead season one, right? Right. So I thought, yeah. I, I thought that was really good and, like, but that's almost entirely from the writing perspective. The tech yeah. of the Telltale game isn't strong. No. And, but maybe that's and, why it was good, because it had to, the writing had to, pull, had to carry it. Yeah. yeah, carry it. Yeah. Whereas now everything looks beautiful and controls well and is super stylized and things like that. And, is, and they do a good, decent job of that. It's well acted. Turns yeah. out Kara. I didn't. And it took me a while to realize this. You know, Kara from that Gamescom demo and is in this game as a main character. Right. Um, she's in the Tick on Amazon Prime, and I was like, Oh, I recognize her. <laughs> so I don't know if this, if that Kara demo is what got her a gig for Amazon Prime's The Tick, but it was weird. It's just like, Oh, I know you. Hmm. <laughs> Got no Willem Dafoe in this one though. So, yeah. <laughs> oh. It's kind of how I feel about the newer Deus Ex games as well. It's like they look amazing and the gameplay is pretty, pretty good. But something went a bit awry. I remember having a discussion. I can't. I remember. I think I talked about it on the podcast at the time. But it was like the first time I went to EGX and I sat in with um, my mate Eddie on a sort of one of those uh, question sessions with a games writer. 
Mm. And we were asking him all these questions about, do you think games like writing is maturing and stuff like that? Yeah, is like, it? Or is it even he, getting it, better overall? Yeah, I, that's what I mean. I think his opinion at the time was like, hey, the highs are higher than they have been in the past. Mm. But the like, which is, I suppose is true. This was in the age when the first Tomb Raider game had just sort of come out yeah. and Uncharted had clearly like, and I think Last of Us was out at that point and things like that. So yeah, there was they're some, very strong, aren't they? Yeah. Yes, highlights of like, hey, it can it can be done really well. Like it's been it's we've proven that this media can can do this stuff. Mm. Um, but also, it was the year that Tomb Raider was happening, you know. And then I'm, I wasn't big on how that's written and things like that. And then it's like it's not pervasive enough in our mm. field yet in in this in like where it needs to be. Yeah, there's only a handful of like really well written games every year. Yeah. And often I'd, they're like, the indie I'd, games, right? I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't need every every game to be an absolute writing no, masterpiece. Of course not. But but, but if it's a freaking adventure game, game really like, need it. Yeah. yeah, Detroit needs it. Yeah. And it's uh, yeah, it's not it's not really working just yet. Just a bummer. I think that opening scene so far, you know, the one that we've seen in all the demos, the like Connor negotiator. Mm. Android talking down the Android that's gone a bit mad and has, has killed the family and is uh, threatening to jump off the building with the child in hand. And it's like that scene is actually probably one of the best ones in the in the, in the game so far because right, it, yeah, Show it feels it, yeah, it feels well done. The choices choices feel meaningful. It feels the most natural of everything that's happened so far. Um, and also the one where you you think, oh, how is this actually going to play out? Or well, the questions in your head are more prevalent about, okay, if I make this choice, what's going to happen? If I do this, what's going to happen? Everything else has been like, well, this is going to go badly if I do this choice. Or it's telegraphed that, hey, the kid's going to be angry if I steal clothes from this washing machine because <laughs> she said we shouldn't steal, <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. It's like, okay, so I've got to set a good example for the kid. And like, so like, oh, I want to play this out this way. And it's going to go like this. And it's like, yeah, I kind of know where it's going. Anyway, that's Detroit. It's interesting. And at least it's a game no one will play with us, which yeah. is rare. So that's something. But let's get to the main event, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> Gears 5 came out. Not Gears of War 5. No, it's just Gears now. And I, I how is it? Want... It's, question. it's good. Hmm. It's good. Better than so 4? So far, yeah, I would say it's better than 4. Hmm. Um, I'm not convinced it's still as good as Gears 1 just yet. Seems like it's, it's lightened up a bit, has it? Or is it a little bit... Like, well, in what, in what rev- sense? Just a bit le- less... Doom and Gloom as those original games, and a bit more reverent. Oh no, it's pretty. I mean, Gears Four was the lightening up, and I don't think that oh. worked. Oh, I see. Like, that, okay. that was where the tone, the tone of the character conversations was a little more, I don't know, modern youthy, oh, shall we right. say, a little more, uh, like not really saying anything jokey particularly or taking the pissy like the, like, I suppose Gears One was. Gears One was them constantly like deriding each other, pretty much. And that's that's why that worked. That was that character's dynamic. This was people saying stuff and then being all like, I guess that's a thing, you know, kind of. Or like Dell's whole thing is like he'll say something and then be unsure about it, that kind of. Mm. 
thing, which doesn't quite. You weren't these gruff military types. You're these sort of like youngsters, you know, doing this thing and not being. And then so it was lighter in that sense. Um, but I don't think that really worked in the Gears universe. Um, I think now I would say the plot so far in Gears 5 has definitely been a little. It's sort of heavier because like things have got a lot worse <laughs> as they tend to. Things have right. to escalate. Yeah, of course. Um, in the, the the first act is basically like the war beginning all over again kind of thing like the war becoming a war um, once again and so yeah it's got some cinematic bad times that's <laughs> for the return to destroyed beauty aesthetic of 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 their cities and stuff like that and oh, uh, back there yeah I mean, it's it's yeah, it's it's that original sort of design philosophy, or that's that's coming with it. Like, there's no, <laughs> you're never really fighting in a pristine building. It's like everything's already messed up by the time you get there. Um, so it's got that kind of vibe going on again, and it's um, I, I'm I'm I mean, I'm digging that. They 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 seem to be like leaning more into the um, here's a set piece moment style as opposed to. I don't know if this is a positive or not. Actually, the more I think about it, it's like they're leaning into the set piece thing. So you come into a thing, and there's something that there's a specific moment happening in this area. There's a, there's a specific thing to do. Like a convoy has stopped. You've you, um, got to kill enough guys so this cutscene can proceed, kind of thing. I suppose. Um, as opposed to Gears One, which was more about enter area. This area is like a combat puzzle, the Halo thing, I suppose. Where it's like it's laid out in a certain way for you to deal with the enemies in that layout, whereas this is like the the. I never feel like the the combat challenge is all that exciting in gears, both in gears four and five. It's always like I can pretty much camp out here and shoot everyone. It'll be it'll, it'll, be, it'll be fine. I can shoot oh, okay. and gallery my way through this. So you don't have um, to like move around and get. I don't. I don't feel like I need to move as much as I needed to in gears. Um, they're trying to mix it up a little bit uh, in gears one. Sorry. Um, they're trying to mix it up a little bit in that you've got a, you've got some abilities like jackbots with you the, the whole time now, and it can be controlled to some degree. So you have abilities on it, like you can stun a set of enemies that, like, if they're behind cover and it's a bit of an awkward shot, you could stun them so that whilst they when they stand up, so you can shoot them freely for a bit, um, uh, or you can. You have you could you could assign like a um, a temporary shield so you could actually do a run somewhere without fear of getting hurt whilst you're running over a bit of cover, for instance, or to to reposition yourself for a better shot. You can just stim up and get a bit of a shield for a bit. All right, um, okay. Uh, or you could replace that ability with a pulse. So you could see where everyone is um, and have them highlighted um, in your vision for a while. So there, there's these new abilities and stuff that add a little something to to the proceedings. So that's nice. But yeah, I don't know. There's there's something too simplistic about the combat again. It's not really sitting with me. A lot of the sort of bigger foes I fought tend to be things that just sort of stand in place. <laughs> you know, just, this is where I'm sitting. I'm a big guy. Come at me. And it's oh, like, right, okay, that's that's not that interesting. Um, they've thrown a lot of the bad guys from Gears Four at you very quickly. So I think most of the stuff I'm going to see from here will probably be new bad guys because like most of them have, we've already like I've, from the first game i've already i've now seen so it's like okay there's room for there's room for me to still be surprised um but there's like a 
like Act One basically ends with a Brumac fight or Swarmax as they're now called, and it's it's just it's not that good because you're like in a it comes crashing through the wall of a building and yeah. you're, uh, and it's just standing there right in front of your chain gunning at you and it can't really get any further so you shoot it blisters until the cutscene happens. Uh, <laughs> And even if you go outside, like it doesn't really turn around and follow you around, and doesn't try and crush you. Like there was a Brumac fight at, at like towards the end of Gears One, I think, where you're, I don't know, mm. relatively near the start, where you're sort of leading it around an environment and trying to get it into places so you can do things. Oh yeah, I remember. Um, yeah. uh, so you can get it caught in an electricity tower and stuff, and that's just a hell of a lot more interesting than what I'm doing here, where this thing's just standing there gunning at me, and I just have to time when I'm shooting back at it. Uh, admittedly, the cutscene featuring Cole that plays out that ends that fight is really cool. Because <laughs> Cole. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's just there's, there's something about some of the fights that just feels very static, not that interesting. Um, that is until you get to Act 2, at least, where there's a bit of open-worldy stuff going on. All right. Okay, I heard that. It's like an open world area. <laughs> you're having, you're freely able to sort of, you know, the skiff we saw in the trailers, we like the wind sort of sled. Right. Yeah. It's like you you drive that around, and you've got like a bit of an area you can explore, and there are secrets to find, and optional. There there are secondary objectives in this big in a open Gears area. Game. <laughs> it's, Is it like it's, a, a, a map full of glowing? thing icons that you need to go and no hit. you don't you don't know where you basically only know where your main objective is everything right. else you have to discover yourself and it's not it's not a huge area i don't want to big this up like as a, okay. as a massive thing i think there's more of it to come in this act like uh, I'm, not, I'm not done with this style and, I, and from what i know there's another act later on where you come across one of these areas again but you can basically explore a little bit now i've got to a, a point where i'm doing a main storyline and it goes back to traditional gears but then I think there's a bit after that where I get back on the skiff and there's a bit more of the area I can explore. And that's right, what right. that act is, rather than just being like a linear story apart. It's sort of set in this op- this bigger open environment. And I think in, in this context, that works. Um, because the, 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 the context of the story when you're doing that is there's a reduced sense of urgency anyway. You're not like, for like the, one of the few times in a Gears game when where something doesn't have to happen right now, um, Kate, as we learned from the trailers and stuff, is sort of on a mission of self-discovery at this point to try and figure out what's up with her past, what's caused, what is her connection to the locust, um, and why you know why her talisman had that weird locust symbol on it from the end of Gears Four, um, which they do in a uh, in a recap at the start of the game where they literally say previously on Gears, <laughs> which I'm all in for. That's cool. <laughs> Previously on Gears, um, yeah. So, so the sort of reduced, you know, the fact that you can go and go around and explore makes total sense. It's like you're not; it's not a race against time, not the suicide mission or whatever. It's like any of that stuff. Um, for Mass Effect, it's like it, it fits. So I'm having a good time. Is basically yeah. what I'm trying to say. I have reservations, but I'm having a good time. On also, balance. it's incredibly pretty. Yeah. Okay. Right, I mean, so I'm playing the PC. I'm playing the PC version on my 1080, 
Um, and I'm only playing it at 1080p because that's the only thing I can't output 4K or any higher res- higher resolution than 1080p to my TV um, yeah, without taking a frame rate dip or at that literally a refresh rate dip. All right, I'd okay. have to turn it to 30 hertz if I wanted a higher resolution. But I want that 60 because this runs at 1080p. Everything runs at 60 just perfectly. Oh my goodness. Awesome. And I'm running it at ultra settings, not yeah. insane settings, because apparently insane has a huge performance impact yeah. without too much without visual gain. Much the gain, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, but it's oh, it's it's lovely. It really is good. The character detail in particular is quite Top-notch. incredible. Yeah, awesome. Um, and just the whole thing moves at pace. There's particles everywhere. There's lovely destruction going on. It's just, it's really great. It's, it's just super great to look at. Um, t- in typical fashion, I have one complaint, and that is, hey, you made the entire game run at 60, um, even on Xbox One X, like you can get a 60 FPS campaign, but you didn't bother making your fire and smoke effects animate at 60 frames per second. Oh, no. <laughs> typical. It's like the, the fi- your fire animation is just like, if, you know, a bitmap or like a sprite or whatever that animates at 30, and it's like, what? Why? Why? Why did you forget to do that? Like, and some of the it, it stood out to me pretty early on because there was like a smoke in the air thing, but that wasn't it wasn't it wasn't like a smoke simulation or or anything like that. It was, it was just a texture, but it, it was animating slightly slightly lower frame rate than everything else that was going on. It's just like you've put all this effort into making this ridiculously beautiful game. And some of these, you just didn't do these two styles of effects. And there's a lot of fire in Gears. Let's, let's not downplay this a bit. There's quite a lot of stuff on fire. It's, it's a weird decision in an otherwise amazing-looking presentation. It must be. I mean, why do they make? I mean, why does this seem to happen? It's odd, isn't it? Is fire really that difficult, or does no one record fire? Like, like I imagine because are there other textures that are animating it at sixty, or is it just, uh, is it just, is it some limitation that the texture? That's a good question. I don't know. I think most of it. The problem is, is I think a lot of it is dynamic effects rather than needing to rely on a texture. Yeah. Um. So it might be a choice they had to make, but I don't know. Just like for piece for the for the console version, I would be more forgiving but for a, a very very good pc port that goes above and beyond what they've done on console mm. like it's not like this was a purely designed for console game they've gone a lot you can push gears a lot further on pc than you can on xbox one x yeah yeah, I imagine, it, yeah. It, it, it just seems like a really odd choice it's like the assets for fire that everyone still uses, like old assets. Maybe. Maybe they just buy it camera. from a library. And it, that's yeah, it and no one's bothered to go out and just film fire with a 60 frames per second camera. <laughs> or, you know, figure, find it, figure out a way of simulating that. I don't know. Like... Yeah, I mean, that's what you need, right? That, that, that'll be the next step for fire, is like actually have it yeah. nicely simulated uh, with a good performance budget. Uh, but I, I I do think some of those, as I said, my reservations about the set pieces, maybe like in terms of gameplay, might be something. But there are some moments in it where I've genu- genuinely just smiled and had a bit of a laugh to myself at like what's going on. Um, 
yeah there's a scene in a theater that's kind of funny <laughs> cool it's just, and it's um yeah it's a it's a it's an astonishing goodly good looking game i think it's written better than gears 4 was um and i hope this sort of new direction of no urgency kind of pays off and it, it's 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 different but it's it's working for me more than gears 4 did Mm. I will still be a Gears One apologist, but <laughs> and supporter of how that game plays out. But this this seems like a step in the right direction so far. Sweet, yeah, yeah, having a good time. And that will be me. I will finish there. Lots to talk about. Yeah. Plenty of games. What Plenty about you, Zach? Games. How many games you got? <coughs> well, not very many, luckily. <laughs> this podcast is going to be long. Going to be long, yeah. Um, I continue to play Oxygen Not Included, but as I predicted, I couldn't resist playing other save files. <laughs> yeah, right. That damn main save file where the frame rate is just getting real low and I'm just like waiting for space missions to complete. It's just it's not interesting enough. I need different things. So I've basically just made save files on more or less all the other different types of Asteroid just to see what's up with their specific problems. But, you know, that even that interest doesn't last that long because it's mm. like you're you have to solve that problem that's usually immediate at the start and then it just turns into a normal game after that. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what usually happens with any game you play like this, isn't it? Like, you deal with the issue at hand and then it's like, yep, yeah, alright, back to normal. Yeah, kind of. So I've been playing some of that. I did manage to record a second video, but I haven't finished getting around to editing it or anything, so that should okay. go up at some point. Well, cool. Cause Content? Yeah. I might continue. that map at least. The, coincidentally, the map that I was recording is has some sort of interesting opportunities for like certain layouts of geezers and whatever. Where it's just like, oh, this is conveniently close to my base, so I can actually get to it quite quickly and do things that are sort of interesting. <laughs> I guess for videos. <laughs> so is that? Uh, that is still technically the main thing I've been playing, but. As I said, not much more to talk about it. Uh, play some Rocket League, naturally, as you do, because season four has started. Season four has started, yeah. <laughs> and the, unlocks are marginally less crap than the season threes were. I think they're on par. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think they're. I didn't think season three was terrible. Mm. I just, I don't think they're amazing unlocks either way this time. But. No, well, I think these ones are better, but fair enough. But the car's all right. Yeah, the car is at least the Bradley car. I mean, yeah. the other cars haven't been bad either. Really, they're just no. sort of generic cars. The rally car is marginally more interesting for that rally aspect, I guess. No, because there's not too many that actually kind of look like normal ass cars, right? In yeah, because this one looks a little bit more like the Takumi, I suppose. And the although arguably all the previous Rocket Pass ones have been like almost too normal as well, which is like a generic sports car. Uh, I suppose the first one, yeah, was kind of like a Nissan GTR, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Just give me another van. <laughs> Clearly, that's why. Yeah. yeah, that's another another box. <laughs> no one wants that. I want that. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I'd like, like to see that. <laughs> but no one. That's just like no, no one will think that's cool. 
and that's what you that's what you require in unlocks for a paid being like rocket files. Well, can they have a van? You want cool things? Well, yeah. Do they, can we have a van that's a little bit like what's an iconic van? Like? Well, you're talking about the GMC, basically. Yeah, GMC custom. But then so, that would be in the rocket files. That would be a separate thing, like yeah. the Night Rider car and all that stuff, and the fucking Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What about like a that souped up Transit that? What's on Top Gear? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not like distinct to the outside though that's like an internal thing no but transit will do i mean it's got to be a transit i was gonna say could they do a top gear crossover and like have the toyota pickup or something that's like it's, it's more the of a toyota, too... toyota crossover than a top gear crossover. i suppose that's the problem it's too licensed isn't it it's, yeah, yeah that's the trouble I mean, it's surprising that, like, they did get the license they did. I was kind of, like, looking at it, because if you look at, for example, the Ghostbusters car, it's the only copyright on there is Ghostbusters, and I was kind of expecting, the, oh, right. like, the vehicle manufacturer to get their one in there as well. Yeah, he did make the... It's like, it's like a hearse, isn't it? So it's like some diner like, or something. It's a Cadillac, no, isn't it? it? Or maybe. Yeah, I thought it was a Caddy. But yeah, it's just like that. It's only got a copyright for Ghostbusters, not the car manufacturer, which I thought was kind uh, of weird. Maybe it's enough, changed enough that it's more like the cartoon version maybe. rather than like the actual car. But like the Knight Rider car doesn't have any other copyrights. Not is that a real car? I think it is. Right? Yeah, it's a Pontiac, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, it's kind of strange. But yeah, uh, is it a Pontiac? Because it's similar to a Firebird. But um, yeah, I'll check that. But Rocket League is big thing. And here's another random, weird, like, snippet of things that I've been perceiving about Rocket League in, in the same vein as the Everyone's Drunk on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> right. I've noticed from playing in my solo playing that, like, apparently, literally everyone in Diamond, the three levels of Diamond in solo, literally everyone in Diamond is actually champion two. <laughs> Because okay. if anyone is ever bitching at anyone else and they're like, well, what's your fucking level in any of the other game modes, which one they care about the most, the response is always Champion 2. So apparently I'm Champion 2. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I mean, how much of that is just lies? Yeah, exactly. But it's weird that everyone chooses the same lie if it is lies, yeah. which it probably is. It's weird. Yeah. You can't trust anything like that. I mean, I... It's like, what's your rank? I mean, we've come across that a few times. Well, yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm... I'm, I'm freaking diamond in solo mode and it's like well great go play that then (laughs) but like I mean arguably it might actually be right I guess it is a Pontiac Firebird I was dead on (laughs) (laughs) like that might actually be the truth because I mean like I got to champion wait which order is it going one one is the lowest I got the champion one in solo once so theoretically I'm better than that because Solo is the land of bad teammates. <laughs> so maybe I actually am champion too. Who knows? <laughs> it's just like don't play modes that aren't ganked by bad teammates. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, that includes when you're playing with us, I assume. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's not ganked by bad teammates when we're playing in the Dream Team. It's like that is just our level as a team. Yeah. Because you guys don't play as much. So, I, I, you know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, not, I'm never going to be able to put in your hours. No. Got other games to play, man. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I guess the last thing that I played because this is weirdly not. Um, uh, it's been another one of those weeks that I say quite often where I feel, felt like I should have been playing things, but I never got round to playing anything. Mm. 
The only other thing that I really did play was we went back into Stormworks for like a real brief oh, okay. period. Because yeah. that game, much like Space Engineers used to, just does regular updates every week, like every Thursday or whatever, they put a patch out. So there's mm. always something new being added. But we were really waiting for performance updates, of course, because that was our big problem with the multiplayer. And we, you know, it seemed like from some of the more recent patch notes, there had been fixes. So we went in there to see what was up. And <laughs> the first thing I went to test is the thing that I've done every time we've went into a multiplayer game is, is I, is I, <laughs> is I can <laughs> pick up a tube? <laughs> can I pick up the, the fueling hose and have it function in a logical, physical way? Because that never worked in multiplayer. Was that when you weren't the host? Yeah, when you're not the host. Right, yeah. that you can't like deal with fuel lines for some unexplainable reason and that works now okay, so i'm good. like holy shit maybe it's good but then we discovered there's a different bug where like we could work out why because like the first time we played it was totally fine and we were like oh fucking great we can just play this <laughs> it's all good it doesn't lag horribly whenever anyone goes near a wind turbine <laughs> which was the other major performance issue we were having or i was having it's, it's a client thing again i think right. or it might just have been my machine because my machine's way worse but then we discovered that there is a different performance bug that only appears in one of those ones which builds up gradually over time, which is why the first session was totally fine. But it has it supposedly has something to do with like spawning and despawning NPCs as part of the missions. So like the more missions you do, because it's spawning more and more and more NPCs, it gradually builds up this weird like la physics lag that mm. only the clients feel. So yeah, we were like we played that for a while, and it's like oh well that's. Another bug we'll have to wait for them to try and fix. So is it not something that if you just disconnected, reconnected? No, because it's like it's, it's like intrinsic in the save file somehow. Oh, like yeah, it's yeah. remembering what it's done before. And that's causing it to hiccup. Yeah. Interesting. And we did have a couple of weird physics glitches even with the NPCs that did spawn. Like there was there was a particularly funny one where I was like, deliver these engineers to this wind turbine. So we like we like to cl you climb up the ladders up the outside of the wind turbine after you've got off your boat or whatever. Well, we did have helicopters at that point, but there is a helipad. You climb up all these ladders, put the engineers down on the on the platform, and they're like, "Okay, that mission is complete." And then, just, just as I turned around to like look at this engineer, he just suddenly went and just flew into the distance. <laughs> I was like, "Well, okay, then. at least that happened after we finished the mission." I saw um, a monster hunter video on Twitter. That where someone basically was it was they looked like the the, the boss had got the, the monster had got stuck because he wasn't really attacking back so everyone was just wailing on it. That's what you want in what's that? Yeah, <laughs> exploit the glitches. And then all of a sudden, the character you're watching just flies into the ceiling, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I couldn't quite see it because I was watching it in a tiny Twitter window. Mm. I couldn't quite see if that that person had died or if he just got stuck to the ceiling because it was just like cameras just awkwardly looking up, <laughs> and it's just like okay, great. It was like, yeah, physics. <laughs> and then the other, while we were playing it, the other thing is like through all the patches, they have made some updates to like the mechanics. So it's kind of confusing if you come back, where it's like they've slightly changed the way engines produce torque and stuff, and like the way gearboxes work. So it's like you load up an old design, it's like, does this still work? <laughs> Maybe. Is it as efficient as it used to be? Probably not. Hmm. You might have to fiddle around with your gear ratios or reroute things to actually get it functional. Although I did load up one of my old helicopters because I had I'd made like a 
programmatical clutch or whatever because it's got that whole programming system where you like you can build like it's not really circuitry but it's like a flow chart or whatever flow for chart representation of logic where you can connect things together inputs and outputs Ah. and you can do custom ones or you can like just slap down an AND gate or whatever if you need something like that Hmm. but i've made a custom one for the for the clutch on my helicopter that like limits the engine rpm dependent on the but it basically automatically limits it to five rpm regardless of like how much load you're carrying so it automatically compensates for when you when you're heavier neat and that and that helicopter still worked without any changes, even though there's been all this change to engine torque and stuff. So it's like, well, that's good. At least that means I won't have to go through the trouble of designing that again. Except, arguably, you want to do that anyway, because that's really the game. Right. <laughs> you want to make a new design, because that's what you're doing most of the time in that game. Improve on it. Yeah. Iterate. So yeah, we're, we're probably not going to play that again for a while, I guess, until more yeah, patches yeah. happen. Speaking of patches, I'm still waiting for the goddamn Terraria patch. That's going to be our next, I think, the next multiplayer game that I'm going to be getting into whenever that patch happens. Although I don't know if we'll, we'll end up playing it together. We might. Because we did play before. But... <sighs> Who knows? Who knows? It's a lot of choices of what you want to do. Oh, and I almost forgot. I very briefly went back into Minecraft. Oh, right? yeah. Because... There's been yet another like re- like a new version of Sky Factory, the the weird you know start in the nothingness. Sky, you start on a single block with a tree on it, and then you build everything out of nothing and all that stuff. Ooh, oh, new right. version of that's come out. How does that work then? Well, the new version is like quite different, which is why I even went back in there because you know another version of that might not have been that different. The thing about it now is they've kind of completely changed how you start especially because previously you're on this tree on a block you'd mine out the tree you get the wood you build a platform uh you grow more trees and then the way it used to work was you'd you'd get the leaves off the tree you'd compost them into dirt you'd sieve the dirt you'd get like little bits of stone and then you'd make stone bricks and then so on and so on like all that stuff and it was all about basically sieving you'd like get the dirt sieve it to make stone get the stone, crush it into like gravel and then sieve that. And that would give you like minerals and then you'd make all the other stuff. So the whole sieving process was the sort of early game. But now it's all based on like trees and like tree breeding. Like this tree you start on now is specifically called a dirt tree mm. where it where you can get like dirt acorns and dirt resin. <laughs> and then you combine those together to make dirt. Dirt and resin. then and then by doing certain other things to that to that to the like the saplings of that tree you can make different types of tree that give you different resources so you get like the gravel tree and the sand tree so it's now okay. all tree based <laughs> all right that's weird <laughs> but then the other thing that's also kind of weird about it is it, like it has a kind of a meta structure now where like you by completing like the in-game achievements, like the just the progression through the tech tree, essentially, you unlock like points to spend to unlock different like extra mods, essentially. Like Three not mods. all the mods in the mod pack are available from the start. Oh, interesting. <laughs> huh. Which is kind of weird. And also I noticed that like from what I can see some of them like what would have been considered like the main mods of the previous versions are like not there any longer like ender io the main one which was all about like 
the logistics network, like moving things through pipes between different machines. Okay, that yeah. doesn't seem to be there any longer, but it, there's other like mods that do a similar thing, but aren't the ones that I'm familiar with. Right. And like the storage computer also doesn't seem to be there, but there's another mod that has sort of the same stuff where you can see it's, it still has like storage drives and all that stuff. And like the and the storage bins are different, and so I'm like, okay, this is actually different. But is it going to be? Well, firstly, is it going to be that different? And secondly, is it going to be like better or more balanced? Right. Just <laughs> still all on Java Minecraft. Yeah. Well. Actually, and I'm still running it through the Twitch client because that's how you get those mod packs. Huh. <laughs> still weird. That is weird. And the other reason I went back to Minecraft was because. You know, now I have all this extra RAM. Yeah, right. <laughs> ah. After my RAM upgrade, so now it won't run out of memory and crash all the time. So have you filled all your slots now with RAM? Or your stick? No, I, do, I upgraded the sticks to bigger rather than more nice. small. That's often a better strategy. Yes. Also because I don't think I could... I think the way my CPU controller, my CPU cooler is, I'm not sure I could actually fit RAM in all of my slots. Right. Yeah. It kind of overlaps two of them. Yeah. Which was lucky because I didn't really check that before I got the new RAM. It's good. So that's that, I guess. Is that a podcast? Yep, I think it might be. I think that so. That would be a podcast. Yeah. Do you want the film section? <laughs> what? No, not now. We want the um, Happy Salad films being posted yeah, the on game, YouTube the section. Videos. Oh, yeah, video section. Well, uh, everything went up last time. Yep. We're getting Sonic Advance next. We're going into the handheld Sonic games to show people that, they, that they're like good. Because <laughs> they no one ever remembers. They are. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so check out those videos if you want to see everything. We've got everything up there. And there may potentially be more options not included videos, of course, yes. when I get around to putting those up. Yeah, so check those out, and we'll oh, be and back. Also, wait, one more thing to say. This is, like, totally massively future video, but I saw in a, a news post with a new character coming to Lethal League Blaze. Oh. <laughs> well, it might be another video. Yep. <laughs> Time so you can make an excuse and just play more League of yeah, more content. Dude. Yeah, so Geeky's look forward to that. Delivery service is really good. That's my film section. Okay. Yeah, it, Geeky's delivery service. Yeah, it's a classic. Yes. It's great. Watched that last night. Big fan of that. That Ghibli. Check that out. It's super good. It's super good. <laughs> the cutest kitties. It's super cute. Uh, yeah, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks for another salad cast. That we shall. Yeah. Goodbye.